Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chromatic Distortion with Corey Caesar. She likes the boys in the band, she knows when they come to town. Every musician's fan after the curtain comes down. She waits at backstage doors for those who have prestige, who promise fortune and fame, a life that's so carefree. She's saying that's okay. Hey, baby, do what you want. I'll be your night loving thing. I'll be the freak you can talk. I don't care what you say. I wanna go to What's going on, you beautiful bastards and all you beautiful people that have fathers in your life? Welcome back to Chromatic Distortion. I'm your host, Corey Caesar, and today we are joined once again by host of Musically Meditated Podcast, Joe Riley. Thanks again for being here, man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, please check out Musically Meditated. It's available on all podcast listening platforms, whichever one you prefer, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, We're also on YouTube. You can watch the episodes as well. Uh, like I said, it's a music discovery podcast. I would say I focus more on independent music. I'll bring on musical guests, business owners. Uh, we talk a lot about punk rock, heavy metal, indie rock, hip hop, so on and so forth. Basically any genre. But with the guests, I uh, you know we'll focus on the on one topic or one genre right. of music. And uh, if you're a local musician or worldwide, and you'd like to uh, get a review, we also do reviews. That's how it started. Hit me up, uh, musicallymeditated at gmail.com. So I need to try to work better on my sales pitch. Nah, that was good, actually. actually. Was that good? Yeah, yeah. You rolled right off the tongue. Yeah. I try yeah. not to. I don't I don't stand in front of the mirror and, and do it, I yeah, swear. Yeah, you do. You liar. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like I, I remember when you had me on before, it's like I need to maybe work dis- on that pitch. That pitch, but describe it a little bit better. Yeah. You know, because it is music discovery, and I, I focus on a lot of different genres. Like another thing that I do, too, is... I'll revisit an album from my past that was important to me or whoever the guest was and like we'll review, revisit and relive. So it's like a review that's mixed with like maybe what I or the guest was going through at that time and how much of an impact that particular album made on our life. Like, you know, shit like that. Like I just did that. uh, I did two episodes with Deftones, White Pony, and it's cool because then it reaches out and um, this young lady reached out. She's a photographer from L.A. And she's like, I want to come on the, on part two. I was like, cool. So we just did that. So everybody check out that episode. Oh, yeah. Right on. Yeah. And you're also doing like a, you 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 mentioned like a vinyl review, but you're also doing like a real vinyl review now too, right? Like a separate, almost like a separate yeah, spinoff. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't think I've really even plugged that on, on my podcast. But yeah, there's Musically Meditated uh, Vinyl Reviews, and that's an Instagram exclusive. Like it's not on Facebook. So just check out MMP. Uh, no, it's at MMP Vinyl Reviews, so follow that. So it's a collective. It's me, Boyan, and my friend Keith. But everybody is involved. Like anyone that wants to get involved, just send us a message or send Musically Meditated a message. And if you're an avid vinyl collector and you want to review the record and review the vinyl and then give a shout-out to the record label that you bought it from or the record store, wherever you're from, just come on. We'll give you the password to the Instagram page. and. You take multiple pictures of the record and you just nerd out. You so know? it's almost like a uh, almost like a takeover of yeah. the Instagram in in a way. Yeah, in a way, like you know, because there's a huge vinyl culture on Instagram right. and a lot of record collectors. And you know what's neat about it, like especially like with musically meditated the podcast, when I bring on these guests, I'm discovering new music because everybody has their own musical taste. Right. So that's why, like, especially with this vinyl review thing, 
um i want everybody to jump aboard like if you have some records Corey, you know like and you want to come on and talk about it and take pictures of it and just nerd the nerd out with us please please yeah. join so so basically it's more of a it's more of a um a print media type of thing right it's print, not it's not a podcast right it's, just so people understand yeah so musically meditated like I'm, I'm building the brand and putting it out there uh i'm gonna start an independent radio as well uh probably sometime this year so certain music that i'm talking about on my podcast i'll be able to have my own one hour radio station okay. now that's probably going to be an independent online internet radio right uh but that's just one little faction of musically meditated and then the vinyl reviews now the vinyl reviews is an instagram based thing like i had mentioned but we're also going to do videos now okay. i do have two vinyl videos that i did um last year that are on the musically meditated youtube page so people go back and check those out and that kind of spawned the uh the beginning of it you know because boyan's an avid record collector so is keith you know i've had them both on the show and we're just going to do that like we'll do some vinyl videos as well it's just that that shit takes a lot of time yeah, yeah. you know time both of those effort. guys uh boyan's a dean and keith is a history teacher you know so oh, those yeah. guys are yeah just busy like you Def and i yeah definitely right now yeah. you know but let, thanks for letting me plug it but yeah, yeah, yeah you know I'll I'll check it all out. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so today actually uh transitioning into the music staying on topic with the music um we're gonna be talking a little about the leaving neverland documentary with michael jackson and the surviving r kelly documentary with r kelly and i wanted to come here to not talk about music man <laughs> i like what we did last time but somehow some way there's always yeah. a way it, the music yeah. comes in but this is a little this will be a little different because yeah. we're not actually doing the music more right. of the people the people yeah we're just gonna judge the shit out of them. yeah <laughs> <laughs> right so um just to start off, I want to say that these are all allegations, and so this is all allegedly this has happened. So everything we say is allegedly. Even if we don't say allegedly, it's allegedly uh, these things had taken place. There's actually no one's been convicted. Nobody's anything. been convicted, and I just want to say, too, like this, whatever my opinions are, reflect solely on me. On, I, you know, yeah. what I have to say, right. this doesn't reflect on any sponsors that I have for Correct. Musically Meditated. Or anybody that I've had on my show, guest-wise right. or business-wise. Yep. All... Like, I'm not going to try to go, like, crazy outside the box, but these are sensitive topics, sensitive right. issues. And, you know, there's there's families and people that have been hurt from this shit. So I'm not going to try to come from a mean place or, like, be way too judgmental. Right. But, you know, we'll get into it. But right. it doesn't – this is just solely my opinion. So if you have a problem with my opinion, you could reach out to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but – And or eat a dick. Yeah, and or <laughs> eat a dick. You know, like, I really – you know, but I'm not trying to hurt anybody, no. you know, so. Yeah. And – uh also, um, we kind of touched on this at the very beginning. This documentary doesn't change, at least my, I don't know about you, but my feelings towards the actual music of these people. Um, I feel I can separate the person from the art and still love Michael and R. Kelly's music for the actual music and not necessarily the person, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, man. It's, it's like the main, I'm glad you brought that up, especially right away. It's like the one thing that eats at me the most. You know, like there's a part of me that wants to just boycott it right you know because i grew up i love michael jackson i did too my you know? my very first cassette tape actually that Ooh. i remember having was bad the whole album bad on cassette tape nice yeah my favorite song to this day probably dirty diana still to this day i like that song yeah i go on the record all the time and i say that that's the the best song on that album it's a good record man. yeah bad uh smooth criminal smooth criminal man in the mirror man in the mirror is a great Dude, track banger it's like all bangers on uh, that Musically, too, speaking, I remember, you know, talking about Wacko Jacko. 
uh, this thriller video, I remember being like, it was at Amber Manor Apartments and my, my cousins were babysitting me. And I remember that came on. Like, I don't know if it was right when it came out. Probably not. Because I think we were maybe just like a year old or yeah, something. Yeah, we were very young. But it was still like, I think it was like Halloween night and they would do that on, on MTV oh, yeah. and show it as a special. And I remember it really scaring me, like his eyes. But that was like one of my early musical experiences yeah, with Michael Jackson. me too. Because they did the whole video, like the whole thriller video. It was like a yeah. movie experience for it's us. It's still one of the best. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I had that. Come on. I had that cassette tape. So I had the bad. I had the thr- uh, thriller single. I had Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet. These are the, the, the cassette tapes. I your remember. First, your yeah, first cassettes. Yeah. Paula Abdul's Forever Your Girl. Don't judge me. Straight up. <laughs> Hashtag no shame banger. <laughs> and I had Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. Those are the cassette Damn. tapes I remember as like a child. First child. grade. I remember first grade I had uh, my first two I, vanilla or to the extreme by Vanilla Ice was definitely like number one. And I remember Poison. Remember Poison? Yeah. The really shitty hair yeah. metal band. Yeah. Uh, Wild Cherry Pie. Yeah, yeah, that was Warrant. But <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, it was Poison. I remember no, Poison yeah, and well, Vanilla Ice. But I do remember, not to get way off track, but listening to records with like my mother and father, and like just looking at the album covers, like because remember vinyl was still there. Oh yeah, and then like CDs didn't come out until like the late '80s and early '90s. Yeah. but tapes. Like my mom would always like she was cool about. uh letting me listen to explicit content to a certain extent, but she would just buy the cassette single. Right. Like, you know, like nothing but a G thing. Yeah. Easy E like yeah. that's more nineties. But I remember in the very beginning, like vanilla ice and poison were the first couple tapes that I, I, I had a, a hide, up I had to hide my explicit content. Did you? Yeah. My first CD was a uh, doggy style. That was a big one. back. Yeah. Then. And I had to hide it under the bed. Yeah. That's when you know the music's good when it's you know. dangerous. <laughs> that shit's dangerous. You got to hide it from your parents. Like, do they even make dangerous music anymore like that? Not really. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think... don't think kids had to hide their, yeah, their doggy style, or their NWA tapes yeah. and shit. And now it's all digital on a phone anyway. You don't even know what they got. You don't know what they're listening to. They got a headphone on. Right. But we had, uh, we had, we had, uh, we had hard evidence of what we were listening to. Yeah. It was there. You could look through it and read every lyric, but back to Michael Jackson, um, you know, these allegations, and we'll get into that. It's hard. Like, even whatever art it is, like Louis C.K., too. Like, I love him as a stand-up comedian. Right. The shit that he did was awful. Uh, there's this... Uh, yeah, jerking off in front of girls, basically. Yeah, it's just really weird shit. It <laughs> it's just really weird. Uh, but, you know, there's other shit. Like, Brand New, I like them a lot. They're like a rock, like a post-rock band. And uh, the guy, the lead singer, got caught, you know... Uh, like having sex with an underage girl, like a groupie thing, like a 16-year-old. And, you know, he, he caught a lot of static for it, which he should have. And, like, the story was is, like, he let him on. But it's like, I still like Brand New. Right. You know, like, they're a great band. I saw them live. But, like, in the back of my head, I'm kind of like, ugh. Right. And are you still buying content now that it's that's came out? Or you just well, listen they, to old they, stuff? They released uh, their, last, la- their last release. It came out, like, right after it. You know, but like if they came in the area, would I go see them live? Probably. You know, but it's hard, yeah. dude. It's a really hard subject. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's okay to carp, carp, carmentalize, carp, what the fuck ever the word is. Yeah. Yeah. Parmental. Carp. Do we both, we both, and man, we both, yeah, we were, we're struggling. Yeah, we had a drink or two. Yeah, happy St. Paddy's Day, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's St. Paddy's. Carmentalize. Carmentalize? I think that's it. Yeah, we'll edit well, that out. We'll get it. Right. <laughs> you got this. So anyway, uh, Leaving Neverland. So this is about Wade Robeson and Jimmy Safechuck, basically. And 
Um, it all basically starts off, Wade met Michael Jackson through a dance competition for the Bad Tour, um, back to that Bad album. It was taking place in Australia. The weird caveat to that was he was too young for the competition itself, but they let him dance anyway because it was this cute little kid who dressed up like Michael Jackson. Yeah, he had some moves too. Yeah, and he ends up winning it. Yeah, I mean, he had some moves. He's a cute kid. Yeah. I mean, the whole situation with with a lot of that, uh, whenever you see that, like, the beauty pageant shit, like, for little kids, like, it's always creep me out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, they, like the why dance. Why are your parents like the, putting you into yeah, that situation? Like you're about the, no disrespect to parents that do this, you know, but, like, to me, it's just kind of creepy. You're talking about, like, the dance moms and, like, yeah. the uh, um, the pageant moms? Yeah, that shit is weird to me. It's weird. You're putting them in like real adult situations. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Where they can't even they they have no long term like thought process yet. They can't they can't think about that. But this way, dude, he ended up okay, didn't he? I mean Uh, what he does now. Yeah. For the most part. For the most I mean, besides, yeah, the whole traumatic experience of Right. (laughs) You know, wacko doing some wacko jacko shit. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was talented enough where I think it got everyone's attention. Right. Even at a young age. Like dude had some moves. Yep. So he was in Brisbane at the time for two shows. That was uh, Michael, obviously. And Wade ended up going to the first one. And he got a meet and greet. had like a meet and greet ticket. And Michael remembered him from that little dance competition. And said, oh, if I knew you were, if I knew you were here, I would have brought you on stage. Because back then, Michael was doing like the bringing the little kids on stage and dancing thing. Yeah. So his stage mom, mom, See, yeah. right? Right off the bat, like, oh, we'll be here tomorrow. We got tickets for tomorrow's show, too. And so he invited him back, and right off the bat, uh, he starts going on like a morning TV show about the dance competition, and then and then shows up and does the little dance on stage with Michael. That's a lot for a little kid to take in. That's a lot, dude. Stevie Wonder was on the stage. Here's the thing, too, like with with going back to the mom. Like, was she a bigger fan? Like, you know, I think you get caught up in the moment. Like, I love Michael Jackson too. So now. You know, he's showing my son attention. Now, here, here's my son. Yeah, you yeah. Know, does that make, like, you get so caught up in the moment in the when moment. you're such a fanboy or a yep. fangirl, like, you really need to take a step back. Right. I mean, we've never been in this situation. No. And I, I think, step back. I would think even, like, even if you're not that much of a fan, the mom-wise, you would be in awe just of the stardom. I mean, he's a, he's a huge, yeah. huge star. I don't like think a, there'll ever be another star like Michael no. Jackson. Like, this is obviously... Uh, pre-internet and shit. Like, oh yeah, you know, not like post Malone. You're cool from South right. and you'll be cool for five years. Right away, we're talking about it's like '87. This here. dude was destroying decade after decade. Yeah, I mean he beat the I mean Beatles, right. uh, uh, Elvis rec- uh, records. I mean he beat all those. Hey, dude, he bought all of the rights to the Beatles. That's crazy to me, isn't it? He bought them all out, and and Paul McCarthy was the one that told them like you should just buy all the writing or whatever the rights are to the Beatles, like own the whole discography and everything. And he did it. That's so crazy. So to me. Paul was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like, how do you even get access to those? Do you know the story behind that at all? I don't know the details. I just know like Paul mentioned it to him like in a roundabout way, maybe at a party or whatever. And he actually went and did it like the following week. Like he bought the shit out. So crazy that he even had the funds to do that. A lot of money because those guys are still alive. It's not like they were like. You know, why don't they buy their shit? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, I think uh, Paul and Ringo are still alive, but uh, George Harrison and John Lennon are dead. But like he even bought their rights. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, big bucks, probably, huh? Big bucks. Yeah. I don't I don't know the number. But yeah, Michael, is a, he was a business savvy dude. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, there at the end, it sounded like he wasn't because he had to go on tour. Right. 
but he could have sold his shit and made a lot of money. He wasn't willing to do that. I think I, I respected that about he he didn't commercialize. He didn't take that 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 uh, catalog and sell it out. Right. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like sellouts, like sellout way. Be a sellout, yeah, yeah. with it just to make money off it. Yeah. He uh, protected the integrity of it, the music. I thought for sure. But uh, so the very next day, though, after he dances on him, it's when Michael invites him up to his hotel suite right off the bat, dude. Red flag, dude. Right off the bat, right? That's kind of crazy. Like a hotel room, we can't meet at a restaurant. You know? Yeah, it's 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 weird. Go it's ahead. weird. I, so you spent two hours with them, and like you were you were getting at, you could tell the mom was just in awe, you know. Um, just talk, get so blinded by yeah. the fame. Or, yeah, she or she was like, I'm sitting on the bed, you know, and it was just like, oh, I'm here, I can't believe I'm sitting on a bed with Michael Jackson. It's like, yeah, but so is your, you know, seven year old child, you know. Weird. Yeah, I think that's how you know that's how you get them. You get the mom honey dicked. You know, you get, and you get that unfeathered access to the kid. Yeah, because like he was even like I, from what I got to like she was getting a crush on him. Like I loved. Him, oh yeah. Like, so he was like he would spit game at the parents oh, almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just to get to the kid. Yep. No question about it. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. And definitely Monster, using man. using her kid's talent to try to get rich. Probably also. Uh, I'm not. I would assume that's probably what some of yeah. this is going it's on. It's like here. a child star deal. Yep. Oh yeah. No question about it. So the other guy is Jamie Safechuck, and he met Michael through the 1986 Pepsi commercial. Yeah, I think uh, he's like one of the first kids. I think a lot yep. of this shit was all. T- I mean, I don't know. There might have been more before him, but that's the vibe that I got. Yeah, like, these were the uh, first two. The first two they were. Yeah, this was the first two that he started getting this little like boy crush on. It seems like okay. like he wasn't having these kids coming around at all right. until these two things started happening. Okay. So this is kind of like when he, and it, re- the reality is, I think so. This. I want to say the 84 Pepsi commercials when he burned himself. Right. And a lot of people, you know, think that his mental health issues kind of starts besides the, besides the shit that happened to him as a child, he really started going off the rails after he, he burned himself. Let's be honest. I think he just started getting into drugs more. Probably. A lot of painkillers. Oh that's yeah. What killed him. Oh yeah. I mean that burn your skin, you know, you get some good, some good shit from the doctor. Yeah. You know, you you have some problems from your past. Yeah, you opiates and shit. Probably yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think about that. Into the drugs. Yeah, man. for sure. But yeah, that. So yeah, you got that. The other dude, he was he, like he was older than Wade, and uh, that is a weird. That's a weird story. So it was the Pepsi commercial. Yep. He said he didn't even like Michael Jackson. Nah, see, that was the difference. So that's the difference between, in my opinion, the two guys is that Wade was searching out Michael, but Michael, as we'll talk about, was searching out Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So right away, Michael calls Jimmy's house, which is another weird thing. God, that's so so weird, weird right? Like it's Michael Jackson. What the fuck is he calling my house for, <laughs> dude, dude? Right? So weird. And he wanted to talk to Jimmy, not the parents. Jimmy, little Jimmy. And uh, like I said, this is already getting weird. Calling a little kid, so that kicked off their relationship. And instantly after he calls him, he sends over like his people to do like this bedroom interview with Jimmy. It was Jimmy. all fake. Yeah, and that's where they put. And they didn't know what it was for. There was no no like documentary. There was no news interview, no news story. It was almost like an interview. Like he was interviewing this little child. And they went and they put like Michael Jackson posters up and shit in his room yeah. because he didn't. He wasn't really a big Michael fan. He was just an actor. He was just doing a commercial in reality. Kind of weird, right? Super weird. Dude. Yeah, and then so Michael then invites him to his house for the first time. That's the first home visit we know of for any kid. He had dinnered and washed 
batteries not included, and we ain't talking about the dildo. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like doing this, you know, like the subject matter. It's just it's really it's weird, dude. It's so weird. Yeah. So let's just Yeah, but I'm gonna try talking about, about weird shit. Yeah, I'm gonna try that's why I'm trying to knock it here. I'm just trying to knock it out, get the background. All right. Uh he let him pick out a jacket. He took the thriller jacket out of the closet. So right off the bat, starting to give this little kid gifts. Like, hey, look how cool it is to hang out with me. Pick out any any jacket you want from the closet. He took the thriller jacket because what other jacket would you take? I would take the thriller Dude, right, jacket. Great pick. Good pick. Right? Now, the weirdest part, though, is as he's leaving this house for the first time, Michael hands him an envelope of cash. Hmm. Almost like, hey, don't, <laughs> you know, almost like a payment, I would assume. He gave him like a couple hundred bucks, too, didn't he? Something yeah. Like yeah. That ain't a lot. Nah. I but mean, here, but it, here's a couple hundo. Yeah, for a little kid. Yeah. You know, and, is, and, he, and he got the thriller jacket. He probably could have turned, if there was eBay back then, you'd have got some bank for that thriller jacket. Did he ask for it back, or does that dude still No, have that it? dude still had it. He used to, he was wearing it later on, I think, as he was dancing on stage with Michael, was used to wear that jacket. Okay. And uh, then Michael starts going over to Jimmy's house. So instead of Jimmy coming to Michael, Michael's going to Jimmy so much so that. Jimmy's parents are picking Michael up. God, that's so weird. Right? Like, come on. Was this the one who's the dad really was in love with him, too? Like, they didn't... Because the, the two boys, there was one dad that got, like, ate up over it, and rightfully so. Like, it ruined his whole... I think that was the dad from Australia. Yeah. This is the kid. Wade, that's Wade's dad. That's Wade's dad. But this dad, like, they didn't say that much about him, but I remember the the mother would say, like, to this dad we're talking about like michael could do no wrong yeah i think like, they so. didn't interview him at all no. but like she just always believed yeah. that or he believed that michael was just the greatest yeah thing ever. he might have been running that show a little bit yeah he was Where a little it bit starstruck like, it seems like wade's dad at the beginning was a little honey dicked but towards the end was very against it yeah is what it seems like and it to ruined me his life oh yeah didn't he kill himself ended up i think something yeah, I might have that in my notes later. I'm not 100% sure. I know he, he ended up being diagnosed with bipolar. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. Yeah. It was really bad. But yep. uh, yeah, with this so guy. She, yeah, so she started thinking of, Jimmy's mom started thinking of him as like a son, she said. And she was taking care of him, and he was staying the night now. Like right off the bat. Dude, I mean, wasn't he there for like a month or something crazy? Like, that's so weird. Yeah. Like I don't, in their house? I don't know about their house right off the bat was a month, but I know he was coming over a lot. He was eating dinner, staying the night. Basically having a little relationship with Jimmy, like little play dates, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he's, she starts talking to him about wanting to get her boy in commercials. So I think that's what her angle was. She wanted to promote his um, acting career. Yeah, probably so there was more. a motive there. Of course there was. Um, and she's going to use this relationship, obviously, probably to make it happen, right? So he ended up going to uh, Hawaii with Michael to like a Pepsi convention. So now they're turning like these little play dates into real dates. You know, like, hey, come to me to this Pepsi convention. <laughs> That's uh, cool. It'll be so cool. Yeah. Uh. Remember in South Park? That's ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. You're stupid. That's ignorant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to throw some of those samples in there. Remember, like, he was like dead and I don't know. In South Park, they don't hold back. Yeah, that, that was when they did, that was right after he died, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they go they go hard, but they do go hard on everybody. Ignorant. They did the, they went hard on R. Kelly too. Yeah, they did. Butters, but wasn't Butters like he was trying to hit on Butters the whole time? I think so. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, that's ignorant. So after that, he basically goes on. Uh, he goes on tour with Michael after this little Pepsi convention, and that's where he's doing. He's dancing on stage every night. That's little Jimmy. 
Yeah, the, those are some creepy clips too when yep. you watch that. It is weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's dude. like you got all these little kids around dancing with you. You know, and like the kids are feeling it, they're getting into yeah. it and shit, but it's still weird. Like you can tell Michael's just like really into it. Yeah. Oh, he's into it. Stuff. <laughs> It's that celeb life, man. These kids are on these celeb life, dude. Meeting all kinds of celebs, dude. All kinds of celebs. It's weird, dude. And then the weirdest part is they're spending tons of time together afterwards in the hotel rooms. So they're not really going out afterwards. They're kind of just spending time in the hotel rooms, playing games. Playing s- Peter Pan. Yeah, sleeping together still. Oh, stop it. It's so bad. <laughs> so then it gets really good or weird, however yeah. you want to look at it. <laughs> The weirdest episode ever. Yeah, yeah. We're just talking about uncomfortable subject matter. Yeah. Hey, but this is what they're claiming, man. This right, is what they're claiming right. allegedly happened. Right. So he basically claims that um, during this tour, they're in Paris, and Michael introduces Jimmy to that dark arts of masturbation. So he shows this little kid how to masturbate, basically jerks off in front of him, Wants little Jimmy to bend over and spread his booty hole and then masturbate is what he was claiming. And he liked it when Jimmy played with Michael's nipples, according to Jimmy. And that's a common theme from all these kids was this nipple play. So that's a weird thing. So I don't know if they got to, I don't know if they got together, dude, and like came up with this. Uh, but, no, I don't think there's a, a, a vast conspiracy of false uh, nipple play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, they, accusation. They claimed he, he he liked he liked the nipples, and then claimed he was running drills with them to get dressed quickly in case someone was coming. So, I also heard. I also heard that he had. Uh, I heard this on the Joe Rogan podcast. He had like a sensor, so if there was like a footstep, it would ding. Every footstep down his hallway uh, would ding. That in, makes in sense. Main room. That makes more sense with like the getting how the, he said they would, he would, they would practice drills. Probably so he would hear that little footstep. Hey, get up, start getting dressed. Just a monster. Yeah, he just sounds like an absolute yeah, fucking monster. For real, definitely little kids, man. Yeah, man. They're the most innocent. They have they can't they got no re, they got re, kids no, and animals. You get yeah, you should get got. They got well, they got no recourse. It's not like, I mean, adult rape and sexual abuse is horrible in itself, but I think child child. For children, it's worse because they have no resources. They have no one to call. They can't. They're not. Uh, they're not built as good as, as an adult to to deal with it. They're not as adept no, to deal man. with it. It's, you know, they're they're helpless. Like I yeah. said, animals and and animals and and kids. Obviously, kids over animals. But you know, yep. what I'm saying like they're both very vulnerable and and just they, they can't defend themselves. No. So if you fuck with kids and animals, you're a piece of shit. Yep. In any way, shape, or form. I man. agree, one hundred percent. Yep. They can't defend yeah. themselves. And uh. Even if this isn't true, just the accusation sucks. You know, it makes you look at them in a different light because you have to think there's some some truth here. It's weird you're sleeping. Even if you're just sleeping in the bed with them and there wasn't nothing going on, it's still a little. It's it's on the wrong side of where you want to be. And the whole thing too, like, what were these parents thinking? I'm I'm on that. Uh, I believe that. Like, I'm a part of that popular opinion. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But then I look back into like my childhood and shit. Like, my parents were younger, but there was a lot of babysitting. And shit going on like yeah my parents probably trusted these people but luckily for me thank god i was never sexually abused right. but i could see where a lot of this shit happens where it's like oh you know uncle stevie you know I, he's cool but really uncle stevie ain't fucking cool right or you know the neighbor down the road when your parents want to go out and you think they're cool but they're not cool no. yeah you know so like 
talk about fear mongering and, and really like digging deep like you have to these days oh yeah you always had to right but you were just a little bit like, like maybe people were just a little bit more naive back then yeah, you didn't hear about it all the time so it wasn't so common i guess i think like, it's in your always mind. been going on oh they it's say like they say i don't know the like the statistics on uh, like if this is for sure but one out of three people have been sexually like kind of fucked with yeah as a kid right you know like yeah that's a lot it is a lot I don't know how you. I don't know how you verify those facts. I, you know I think I mean? a shrink told me that, but yeah. I was like, "I'm cool, dude." <laughs> <laughs> it's like you are a lucky one. I'm right. like, I am, but he's like, "Yeah, about one out of three, like people that I have come in here." It's like, damn, I believe that yeah. one out of three people that come in for therapy have been yeah. sexual. I believe that yeah. for sure because yeah. it definitely puts a um, it puts you in a weird trajectory of life. I would assume, you know. Yeah, you would. You yeah, it has to right, it has though. to fuck up just mentally all over the place. Has just to confuses fuck you up. everything. Oh yeah. And like like I said before, you know, I'm speaking and you're speaking from just basic opinion and ignorance, you know, to right. anyone that has been sexually assaulted. Like we don't know. Right. This is just how we're expressing ourselves. Yeah. That sucks if you have been. Yeah. So. And these documentaries are coming out fast and furious now on these people. Right. Like they're there they ain't nothing safe here. And it all but it's all the same, same type shit. of shit. Like parents getting honey dicked into letting their kids hang out with these people that are and it's like the all these inappropriate and all the signs are there. Yeah. yeah, it's just like uh, it's just baiting them in, man. Yeah. And and I think too, like in today's society, we've talked about this before when I was on on your podcast. Like those that negative click clickbait really works. Oh, yeah. So I don't give a shit who you are. Imagine that, like Michael Jackson, Chomo, you know, child molestation oh, yeah. clickbait. Like everybody's going oh, yeah, to into this. On that. Everybody's clicking. Yeah. In. So here we are There's talking about. There's not one person it. that's not clicking that link. No, everybody. So. You know, they know if that's going to sell. Right. And if there's this huge trend of, you know, throwing people under the bus from some sexual bullshit they did 25 years ago. Yeah. Who's dead? Yeah, exactly. We'll get into that. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like this shit is going to it's going to sell. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody's obsessed with like negative bullshit. So here we that's are. That's the truth. Yeah. So basically they claim it escalated to kissing and more things we're not going to get into. Um, and all along. As these hotels that they're changing hotels, the mom's hotel starts getting like further and further away. Like yeah. he's pushing the mom away now. Like, hey, I need a little bit more private time. That should be a red flag there too. Yeah, hell mom. yeah. And he, I think he was using some kind of excuse, like, oh, there was the the nicest room wasn't available on that floor, so we had to start moving you. And then she started saying it was like getting to points where they're like on opposite ends of the hotel, even. Like it just kept getting r really weird. And that's right around the time Michael bought Neverland. So he at this point he had, he didn't own Neverland. Okay. So the very first guest to ever go to Neverland was Jimmy, little Jimmy. Was it really? Yeah, according to the documentary. Right. Now, I don't know how right. real. You know, that's according to him. So, mom basically says it was like a fairy tale every night. You know, every night we're there, it's a fairy tale. Where all kinds of perverted shit was going down. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong kind of fairy yeah, tale, right? Uh, I don't want to be involved. Little in fairy Jimmy fairy saying tale. sex everywhere. Mom even says, I found him in a bed one day, fully clothed, but with the door locked. So I wonder if that's your little thing. Like, he probably got his clothes on in time. Why was the door locked? But still didn't think nothing of it. So like, come on. Dude, like, come at this on. point, you got to just say, something's not right here. I don't care what you're doing for my kid. There's some, there's some weird shit going on here. Well, another thing, too, that I uh, I thought that was really creepy and then, like, it just made me really confused was... Both of these dudes, like, you could tell this. You could tell that they loved him. Oh yeah. At this they, point, yeah, they, they had that feeling of love. Yeah, Jimmy they, kept. They still love him. Yeah, Jimmy kept going back to that. 
even like yeah, just, just going back. I, I love I I did I had this love like this love for him, you know. So weird. Yeah, and that developed for Jimmy because like we talked about before, the difference was Jimmy didn't really care for Michael. That like, he didn't really know Michael that much, um, like Wade did. So now Wade starts coming back in, and Wade sought Michael out. He wanted to be Michael. So he was dressing like Michael. He was dancing like him. He was doing the whole routine. He had the full fucking Jerry Curl per, uh, per, <laughs> curl dude. Let's not, yeah, I'm glad you didn't skip that. Like that was weird. Remember his brother was on there and he yeah. even thought it was weird. Yeah, he's like, like, I mean, you had it. Yeah, he had like some weird like Aussie accent. Like I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was a little weird for me, but whatever. Yeah, but what? <laughs> But whatever, you know, <laughs> my dad's depressed and he's got a Jerry curl. Right. But, uh, I'm in Australia. Yeah. So he was going, I mean, he was going full blown. Like he was trying to be Michael Jackson. That's that shit with the parents, yeah. with the mom. She's the one that's giving him the Jerry curl. Perm, yeah. Bro. And I actually thought it was kind of crazy. So like when I'm watching like these little clips they're showing of him like dance. So he, he started like a, in, in like a dance company where he was doing this whole, where they allowed him to do this whole Michael Jackson routine for this dance company. And they're showing pictures of this, of this dude. And I couldn't help but think about, you know, that's kind of what Michael turned his face into, was little Wade Ooh. as a little kid looking like Michael. Sure it wasn't Peter Pan? I mean, a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Then. Yeah, but I was, just, a... I was just seeing, like, the resemblance, like, the nose, even though it looks a lot like LaToya, like, he was trying to really be LaToya Jackson. Didn't LaToya do it after him or no? Maybe. I he, always heard the Peter Pan reference. He was just trying to be Peter? Yeah, look at a Peter, look at, like, the animated oh, yeah. OG. Oh, yeah, Disney Peter Pan. Okay, I can see the the whole the bridge, nose. The bridge nose. Yeah, yeah, he looks like fucking Peter Pan. Huh. Okay. But I like your. I like your. You, yeah, because yeah. he does. It, little, it looks a little, little like a little God, like Wade. He's so weird, dude. <laughs> Michael Jackson's so weird. So uh, at this point, Wade, because you know they're they're the Aussies. So this is the Aussie family. Yeah. So they're still in Australia at this point, and they get invited to dance in Disneyland with this dance company in 1990. Now Michael told them at this meet and greet and that one dance meeting they had that um, if you ever made it to the States to look up Michael. So that's exactly what, you know, momager did was she's going to look up Michael right off the bat. Like I'm going to get my son in another meeting with Michael Jackson. So somehow she gets a hold of him and uh, they meet up, which leads to an invite to Neverland, which is, Apparently, Michael's new playground for that's, little kids. That's when they brought the whole fam. The whole family comes this time. We're talking even grandma. Even grandma. Grandma didn't care for that shit after the fact. Remember? Yeah, but she seemed like she, at the when she talks about it sometimes she's like, "Yeah, it was it was neat, you know." And oh yeah, but I'm just saying of it. after like she's oh, she yeah. was very honest. Like this destroyed oh destroyed her the whole her family. whole entire family. And yeah, you know, we were trying to talk her out of it like the later half when she went back yep. and shit. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Video. So. um and the sisters. So the sister was there. Also, the whole family, the whole shebang. Um, and like I said, Michael's bold now. So he asked right away if Wade and his sister can stay in the room with Michael for the night. That's the very first night. And the parents agreed. Seven-year-old Wade and 10-year-old sister sleep alone in a bedroom. And this is after four hours of basically meeting this dude. Dude, it all sounds fishy. It's so weird. Like, you're literally selling your child to this guy, it seems like. Like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sleep with them. That's cool. He's only 30. All <laughs> <laughs> right. He's only 30 when we don't know him. But yeah, you and your sister could yeah. go sleep with him. Yeah. 
But and that, God damn, that's weird. But see, that's the but see, it's the common theme now from the parents and the grandparents was Michael was just like a little kid. So that's how they kept kind of like justifying it was like, oh, we knew Michael had a bad parent, uh, bad childhood. So he was really just like a little kid just trying to relive his childhood. That's weird anyway. Yeah, because think about it. So wouldn't a child be attracted to another child? Yeah. Most childs aren't attracted to older people. Dude, there was like right when the Neverland thing, like when he moved in there, he had that thriller jacket on, or maybe it was before that, but he had this like real creepy, like talking about Peter Pan once again, the Peter Pan reference. And he was like singing and acting like a kid. And it's just really creepy footage. It was like that thriller era. Ask yeah. Michael Jackson. Did you ever see that before? I don't think I've seen that. No, yeah, he's like, I just want to jump in circles and you know, just nah. doing some really creepy yeah. shit. Like did any, didn't everyone just like realize like something's wrong here back then? Or no? Um, I think they overlooked it. I think everyone was using probably these parents' same like same oh. rationale was he was traumatized as a child, therefore we shouldn't say nothing. Almost. You know, like kind of just let him like this is how he's dealing with it almost. But at what at what um like at what risk to a child though? Yeah, not at my some, own child. Yeah, at some point you gotta put your foot down, like, yeah, I get it, but you know, maybe it's cool for hanging See a 30 out. Year, three year old dude, like acting like a kid playing with my kid, be like, get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, staying in the room together. Like, you don't need, <laughs> like, okay, we can hang out, but you don't need to stay yeah, in the room. Yeah, you can play room. toys and shit. Like, yeah. it's cool, but like, literally yeah. acting like a child yeah. with my child. And like, you can have the ch- and you can have that train set guy in the living room, not in your bedroom, <laughs> where I can watch that go around in circles too. That's fucking <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> nah, beat feet, Mike. You gotta go. Right? So, but, out. So basically after this after this little one night, you know, the very first night they meet, this is when the, the family is supposed the next day the family's supposed to take that trip to the Grand Canyon for five days. But Wade wants to stay at Neverland. And the fucking dumbass parents say, Okay. Like how weird is that too? It's one night now. Now you're gonna leave for five days and you're gonna leave your kid with Michael for five days. What kind of under the table payment was made here? I'm, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. It's a little weird. It is. Did you pay for that trip to the Grand Canyon? Like, that's that dark negative side, like, you don't want to think about, but it's like, well, did the parents know the whole time and he was just giving them money? Right. Because it's just weird. Like, I mean, I don't have kids. We don't have kids, so maybe it's hard for me to even. But Yeah, I, I mean, we don't. Yeah, we do not. Yeah. I, I got a feeling my thoughts would even be stronger if I did. Like, and I'm pretty strong about it now. Like, I, there's no way I would let a kid stay with. That's something I thought adult, about. You know? But, like, when you see both of the mothers when they're being interviewed, um, they seem upset. You know, I mean, they don't, I don't know. What did you feel about them? Like your personal read on them? Uh, I felt that they were in it for the money. Okay. I felt like they were basically pimping their kids out. Really? For fame, for okay. fortune and fame, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think, I, I, and I think they used like, I think they thought something was wrong, but they didn't want to believe it. So they kind of like put it to the back of their mind and used any kind of judgment they could to um, justify their actions okay you know and i think now just because everything's coming out now in retrospect they're acting like oh you know da, da, da. but the reality is you guys were right there the and all time. the signs were and it's not just one red flag it's multiple, multiple red flags yeah you know you're right a little bit of uh you know starstruck like we said and then you want your kid to be famous but you also want to be near the famous person which right. was michael and then it's a real creepy it yeah, is. trifecta. It is. So they basically leave a uh, little way there, and this is in the no cell phone era. So there's really no way to communicate efficiently. 
And he claims during the day it was like playing like two children. They were just playing trains, running around Neverland like two little kids. But at night, it was in bed, inappropriate touching, which he also said escalated pretty quickly, just like Jimmy had said. And he had that same story about the weird nipple fetish. And claimed that that Michael was into some booty licking. Oh, fuck. Uh, (laughs) Here's the thing. Like, like with the whole Neverland deal, and it sounds like this is pretty calculated by Jacko. Like, was it calculated before that? Like, I'm going to have this amusement park so it'll attract kids so I could fucking molest him. Because that's a nightmare. Nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare. I think he got the first, because you remember... um, Jimmy was coming to his other house and he was going to Jimmy's before he bought Neverland. I think he got a taste for it and he realized that if he played this childhood card, like this child, like the, I'm a child card, he could get further with these kids. So what do you do? You, you buy a zoo and an amusement park and you call it a home. And cut your face up to look like Peter Pan. Yeah. Like, no, like, just... like your favorite child story. <laughs> yeah, no, I Don't you want to come flying in the night with me? <laughs> no, dude. Oh fuck! It's <laughs> so creepy. Yeah, it's getting a little dark. Uh, it's getting dark. It's getting darker. Yeah. So his family gets back basically, um, <laughs> and at this point they're now supposed to go to San Francisco, right? Which is kind of crazy because they were going to Disneyland for a uh, for a dance competition. Now all of a sudden they're doing all kinds of like a United States tour, which gets me into that whole maybe Michael's paying for some of this shit. Yeah. Hey, go check out. Yeah, go this. check out this. I know this great place in San Francisco. Here, yeah. I'm gonna pay for this trip now yeah. too. We just leave Jimmy here. Yeah. So um, Wade wants to, instead of going to San Francisco now with his parents, he wants to go to Los Angeles with Michael. Los Angeles had another little house, like a little condo there, I guess. And uh, so they end up deciding they're going to split up. Mom, sister, and Wade go with Mike. Dad and grandparents go to San Francisco. It's like, ooh, breaking up the family. God. It's so weird, right? Just putting them all over the yeah. place. Yeah. Just splitting them up. Yeah. So I got a feeling more, more than likely... They were probably like, ah, no, not this time. It's a little weird. We're already gone five days. We're trying to try to do another family trip here. And Michael was like, well, how about the mom comes with me? You know, because he'd rather be with the mom mm-hmm. than the dad probably. And then the grandparent who's probably a little more strict. Yeah. Dad's a threat. Grandma don't play. Grandma don't play. Yep. Grandma knows something's goofy. Yeah. Something's goofy going on. It's a little weird. Just a little bit. Yeah. She from the 50s, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, grandma. Yeah. The 50s. They didn't. Yeah. yeah. Kids were like shoveling and shit. Yeah. There were gentlemen callers back then. Yeah, you for know? sure. They were real uh, safe about dating. Safe about dating and everybody was, they were all working. Right. Go out there and shovel. Yep. Jimmy, <laughs> get out there. But yeah. Man. So right away, Michael starts taking them shopping, buying them whatever they want, basically paying them off in my mind. And then at night, mom and sister slept on the couch. But little Wade slept in Michael's room. So just weird again, right? Um, and we know what happened. Yeah, we don't need to get we don't need details a, right. anymore. Here's another thing I was thinking. Um, what was going on with Papa Joe and Mama Mama Jackson? You know, it, I believe that he did sexually abuse these two and others. And there's always a pattern with that, right? So they say, psycho, you know, like talk to shrinks and shit. So it was Papa Joe... It had to have been the dad. I would assume. You know, and then all the brothers, too. Yep. Right? Yeah, no question about it. And then it's just like this nasty, awful... Cycle. Cycle. It never stops. No, until until somebody stops the chain. Right, right. until someone stops doing it. it, So was it his dad? I don't know. I I would assume. And then the next question is, did Michael... What did Michael do with his kids? 
if anything. Yeah, that's some weird. That could you be know, a whole other podcast. Did he? Did he? Yeah, his kids. That shit's weird. It makes me wonder though, because he was so like, um, it seemed like he knew that what his dad did to him destroyed him a little bit. Probably made him this this person in a little way, like made him deal with some demons he probably didn't really want to deal with in his life. So you you almost wonder if he preferred not his own kids because he didn't want to put his actual kids through something like that. But he knew he had these little urges he wanted to get out. I mean, you know, who knows? I don't know, dude. They're, his kids are a little, they're a little off too. Are they? Yeah, they are. They're a little weird in interviews, but they had a weird childhood. I mean, he was dangling them from freaking balconies. Know, but those aren't <laughs> even his kids. Those aren't even like from, they're not from his seed, right? They're just adopted. He, no, he claims it's his sperm, but he didn't actually inject the sperm himself. I think is the story, right? It's it's real weird. Yeah, I don't think those are actually. His I don't seeds. think so either. A lot of people don't think so, but he always claimed that there was his sperm, but and then what's her name was like the surrogate. Yeah, I remember it was a surrogate thing, but like, how is it that hard? To, ah, that's a whole other conspiracy. It probably isn't his sperm because a lot of this argument with him not doing it is that his dad and his mom, his mom and his dad had him castrated as a kid to keep that voice Ooh, i could see that so that's a whole nother angle of the conspiracy yeah like they you know just they wanted him to keep that voice because how many dudes do you know talk like that uh none of them exactly yeah so hey he's the most he's the shining brightest star of the jackson five how are we going to keep that voice so they're saying he was castrated right so i've heard that and then i've medically yeah and then i've also heard that um i think it was on a podcast to be honest with you someone was basically saying that when you when you're that young and you sing in that low pitch like that forever and you don't ever try to get out of it, it damages your vocal cords so you can't sing out of that. Where like someone like Prince could go in and out of that. Yeah. In and out of that highs tone. And lows, yeah, where Michael lows. was just that. It, it was, was just it. Highs. Yeah. Because the whole like it's gross shit, but if if he were like chemically castrated or any kind of castration, then there's no testosterone. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if there's no testosterone you can't get arrested. Yeah, and that actually makes. And more... then you don't produce like. So what was he shooting blanks? See, that's what. See that. It, I mean, that kind of makes sense. They never said he didn't get a boner, but he never would uh, finish on them or anything. Remember, it was always like he would make them turn away, and he would almost want to just look at them while he finished himself. So maybe he was shooting blanks, or just how could you shoot anything if you can't get hard? See, that's what I don't. They never said that he didn't get hard. They said that he was masturbating in front of them and stuff, though. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're we're digging deep, but it's just like it's it's team defend Michael, right? You know, conspiracy wise. Hey, if you were if he were castrated as a kid to keep that voice, dude couldn't get hard and he couldn't blow. Then he couldn't probably, blow nuts. Then probably a lot. Nuts. Then probably a lot of this is bullshit. You know, it's just a whole other angle. Yeah, but I just after and I watching and, these I, dudes, and, and I don't even know if I believe all this to be honest with okay. you. Like I'm. I'm just using. I'm just basically yeah, going off of yeah. what they're saying right now. Just throwing those conspiracies. Yeah. Out there. No, I don't. Um, I think it's real. I think it's just real weird the way they came out with this, and after the fact, because they've always defended them, right? And well, oh, yeah, that's yeah. The so one we'll, we're we'll right, yeah. Them, yeah. So um, basically, um, now the documentary just gets into all these weird interactions between Michael and the kids. So there was the fake mock wedding with Jimmy, apparently, right? Which is weird. Um, <laughs> it's just so it's just weird, right? <laughs> Going. God damn, is that this is so cringy? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, now we don't know this ever really took place. This is just Jimmy saying that. Who knows? Maybe there wasn't. There's no video of them having a fake mock wedding, but Jimmy claims fake mock wedding. Um, they were going shopping to buy jewelry. 
then selling the jewelry to Jimmy for sexual favors as a game is what Jimmy was claiming. So like they would go out and they'd buy jewelry and then Michael would play this game with them like, oh, you did this for me and then I'll give you this piece of jewelry. Yeah, like Rolexes and shit. Yeah. So I don't know how, I mean, that's just, a, that's a weird game to play with a kid. So I don't know how much I believe that either. Like it's, okay. some, some of it's just, it's, but he had the, he had the jewelry, had the jewelry in, in the documentary. Right. But that could just be Michael giving them gifts too. Yeah, also, you never, know. You never you really know. know. Right. But why detail? Like, if you're gonna bullshit, you're gonna bullshit. But detailed bullshit, yeah, it takes a lot of time. It does. It does. There's not a lot of people that throw a lot of detail in their bullshit. Nah. And then there was uh, it's it's weird, dude. It's <laughs> it's, just, it's I, I keep going back and forth in this. I'm Michael because I don't really know. I want to believe. I don't want to believe. With Jimmy, there was a lot of like I like body language. Yeah, you know, reading body languages, like and and studying it to a certain extent, and like reading books. And when Jimmy was telling a lot of his stories, he was biting his bottom lip, you know, on the left side. And that's that's a truth teller. Yeah, I, f- I found Jimmy more truthful than I found Wade. Yeah, me too. Because he seemed more emotional, like emotionally attached to the story than Wade did. At least, in, at least in my opinion. I agree with you. Which is also the weird thing because, remember, Michael sought out Jimmy. Yeah, and did. Wade sought out Michael. Michael. So Wade just might be jealous. Wade just might be that jealous guy who didn't get the attention he really wanted from Michael. He wanted to be Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know? That's so you got to think about that angle also. Yeah. So there was also hours of phone calls between Michael and Wade, sometimes for six and seven that hours at a time. That was the creepiest time. shit. They were playing that stuff. They were playing the voicemails or whatever yeah. over the phone. Yeah. And he was sending those uh, the faxes. faxes. Yep. Dude, that shit was it's weird. weird weird yeah all kinds of faxes non-stop letters and notes he put way in a shoe call him? hey sleepy head yeah hey yeah hey fuzz head yeah just so weird <laughs> it's, so it's like when you were seven you call over to your friend's house like hey can little J- uh little joey come on and play <laughs> no like, you know like we're as a parent like hey dude like get on the phone hey hey mike check it out don't fucking call right, him anymore. right right, <laughs> right. Just, you want to play him in a commercial let me know other yeah, than let that no See you want to send me back to, you know, you want to send my whole family with my son to the Grand Canyon? Just us, but you're not included? Cool. Right. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. This is just getting a little too, it's, it's getting a little over the top here. So he put Wade in a shoe campaign uh, where he got to travel with him for six weeks to Los Angeles and then stay in Neverland. So the common theme still is it was a fantasy. It was a fairy tale. And then there was the pervertedness. So all the stories are the same. It was like... They were going somewhere with them. It was fairy tales. It was fantasy land for like all during the day. And then at night it got real dark, you know, once, Mm -hmm. once playing the role. Yep. Going with it, going with the flow. And then, all right, now it's time. It sounds like some, like you were saying, I didn't even like think about that, but parents knew or the mom knew like being pimped out. She kind of knew it sounds like throughout the whole thing. She kind of knows something's weird, but she just doesn't want to believe it. Well, here's more money. Right. Like, That's I'm going to give you too. anything and everything you want, but yep. I want to sleep with your son at the end of the night. You can't tell me you don't think something goofy the fuck's right. going on. Right. Nothing Nothing in life is free. No, not with any rational thought, I don't think, would. So, uh, basically, this is the trip where Wade claims Michael started showing him porn. And right before they're getting ready to leave back to Australia, Michael drops the biggest bombshell and asks if Wade can stay with him for an entire year. A seven-year-old. Mom says no, but they argue for a couple hours. She claims Michael looked at her and said, I always get what I want. 
Ugh, <laughs> so good. And she apparently says, I told him, not this time. Not this time, Michael. Yeah, right, okay. You're right. But she does say something really weird, which was why I don't believe her. Because she says, she told him, and this is kind of almost to your point about the mom, I'm willing to share, this is quote. This is a quote, I'm willing to share him with you, but I won't leave him with you. Yeah. See? That's weird. That is that's weird. A weird. That's a weird comment to make. And she admit that's her quote. Her quote. That's not yeah, that's what, that's she no, had to that's say. what she had to say. I told him I was willing to share him with him, but I won't leave him with him. Yeah. So basically you want that free ride for that year too. Mm-hmm. And you'll share your boy with him. That's yeah. what that sounds like to me. Like you almost Some, you almost let the cat Yeah, you almost let the cat out the bag there in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh this is where that all leads to the friction between Wade's parents. And because she was busy being that momager and trying to sell her kid's booty hole for fame and success and having this new life in America. And his dad was basically trying to run a business, provide for his family, and was having some of those mental health issues now at this point. Could you imagine the magnitude, like like you said, you know, we, you and I, we do not have children. We haven't started a family. But could you imagine having to deal with that as a man? Yeah, no. You know, as the father of the household... No. And now your wife is just stuck up Michael Jackson's ass. The most famous guy in the world. world, And then trying to, you know, get your son, you know, he's a talented little dancer or whatever, but just totally attaching herself to this dude and just like your whole world crumbling around you. Yeah, and Australia and America can't be any further on the map apart from each other. Like you're taking them to a whole other world in reality. Yeah, you know. point. But it's just, it's really, like when that shit, when they started to show this dynamic of, of, the documentary, it like really hit home, you know, like we all come from a family, you know, and it just to see like how it just totally, it broke everything. Right. It, it just, Michael and, and this whole situation, it just destroyed it everything about this yep. family. It crumbled, so it, sad, it crumbled you know? it and he, it's almost like, according to them, it was almost like that was his idea. That was his plan. Like right. all, and like in all these documentaries is to kind of like destroy the family dynamic so that you can have better access, easier access to the child. You know, and all documentaries are, you know, they're, they're pushing one side, one narrative, right? you know, but, um, there's there, as this one goes on, there's like the second part too. There's a link, you know, like you could tell, like, kind of like I had my time with you now move on to the next one. Right. That's the vibe that really creeped me out about yep. this. Oh yeah, for sure. Same, same with me. So his father was diagnosed with that bipolar disease and she just like, fuck it. And she left and took Wade and the sister to America, which was paid for by Michael. Now I feel bad because the sister was like, she basically had to tell her dad that she was choosing to go with her mom. Then her dad and the older, the older son ended up staying. That really is what they said destroyed like the dad. He couldn't handle that. You know, like he losing his daughter, his son and his wife. Yeah, dude. That's fucking nuts. Kind of traumatic. Yeah. So, um, this, Ho basically left her eldest son and her family, parents and brothers. They get there and they claim everything is instantly different. So Michael was distant. He put him in this weird, like this weird apartment. And Wade was coming there originally to dance in the black and white video. But turns out Michael already had himself a new boy toy. And that boy toy was that kid who's always home alone, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. And that's who danced in that video. And that made Wade really jealous, according to this documentary. That's mm-hmm. where I almost get that, like, maybe he was just a jealous. That's a good point. You know, maybe, I never, I never you know, Macaulay Culkin was, the hot, was a hotter ticket for Michael, probably, at that point. And Macaulay Culkin's always said nothing ever happened with him and Michael. Yeah. You're Michael. Hey, this kid's already made a name for himself. I, I, I don't have to pay for the family to go here or there. Right. 
Yeah. Later. Yeah. Later, Wade. Yeah. This is maybe his people were like, and Macaulay Calkins going to sell more videos. Yeah. You know, business. Maybe it was even a business a decision. business decision. Yeah. Who, yeah, he was knows? the hottest kid at that age. Right. And Michael sounded like the predator that he is or was. It's just a win, win, win yeah. for Michael. Here. I give him another kid in my stable. Yep. Yeah. So creepy. Too. <laughs> oh my god. So he danced in that Macaulay Culkin danced in that video instead of Wade, and then uh, Michael started at this point introducing these kids and families to each other in 1992, and this is when his stable started growing, and he had multiple little uh, little boys. Now he had that other kid named Brett Barnes. Who became Michael's BFF? Who was following him around for a while? Um, and according to the documentary, all these kids were starting to get jealous now. Um, everyone chasing that fame and limelight. But that just, like we said, that makes me have these questions about these accusations, mm-hmm. um, especially from Wade. Um, are they just salty as a result um, that they didn't get what they built in their heads? Okay, you know, and this kind of hits it hits close to home too because I remember this era of Michael Jackson the best, like. This was like we were like 10 or 11 years old, like the same age as these kids. Right. So I just remember this era and like the Macaulay Culkin and all that. Like they're our age, dude. So like I remember actually liking Michael Jackson at this age. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, he's like doing commercials with Michael Jordan. And I don't know. Yeah. He was just bigger than life. He was bigger than life. Yeah. He was putting out great music still. Yeah, he was. uh, Music that touched you. Yeah. You know, like just good music. Jacko. Yeah. <laughs> Jacko. So basically, Macaulay Culkin, Brett Barnes have consistently said that they never had any sexual contact with Michael. So has Corey Feldman. Um, and he's been calling out pedophiles for a while. So that's a crazy one for me, too. Now, he, he has came out since this and said he can't, can't support Michael, but still claims that Michael never he never saw Michael touch a kid and that he was never touched by Michael. I don't know. It's hard to believe because, I mean, he's had a lot of problems and Macaulay Culkin has, too. Like, oh, but, yeah. But why defend him to the end? I don't know. Right. I, I, I mean, I'm a, I, I think he probably did. I think Michael did. But I'm asking, why would they defend him? Right. I, so. I don't. Yeah. Cause definitely Corey Feldman, because Corey Feldman's been very vocal. He was the first person to call out the pedophilia and the um, sexual assault that was going on in Hollywood. And remember, everyone, oh, yeah. everyone ostracized him for that. He goes, there's a big um, there's it's a like, big sex pedophile pedophilia ring, ring going, going on, on in Hollywood that no one wants to talk about. And now all this shit's coming to light. So he has every reason to throw Michael under the bus. Now. Good point. You know what I mean? And like, look, I've been talking about this forever. Right, but he never claimed Michael. Never claimed, even even after this documentary, he's gone on the record You're saying, right. "Like, look, now if this is true, then I then then I don't support Michael and I can't back him." But I'm still saying that he never touched me, and I never seen him touch anybody. So that's kind of important, also. Yeah, I think. So basically, yeah. So basically, part two, and we're just gonna run through this real quick, yeah. um, is basically about the criminal charges. That came part against. two of this documentary sucked compared to the first. It part. did. It sucked. Yeah, it was basically it just, just yeah. Uh, it showed the, the civil, criminal. Yeah, the criminal, the civil part. It did show how it fucked up their lives yep. too. And that was pretty much it. And it, it was it was sad, but yeah, it wasn't as good as the first. No, part. it was basically just uh, he had those charges brought on him by Jordy Chandler, right? But back then, Wade Robinson testified, claimed no abuse, as did Jimmy. They went on TV. They did interviews saying he didn't do anything. Uh, 
which I thought was the really weirdest part was Wade was doing that interview. And on the bottom, like where they uh, tell you who's doing the interview, it said Wade Robeson, friend of Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's the with both of these dudes, especially Wade, like how how do you defend him? Like like in a court of law, like isn't there like a, a legal? Yeah. Like now that he's coming out, like he perjured himself in reality. Yeah, yeah he perjured himself twice. Like, can he come in? Can, can he get in trouble for that? I would think maybe because he was underage the first time maybe no but or maybe there's some kind of protection because it's you didn't want to talk right dude like if you're gonna he supported him and lied on the stand and now this dude's dead and dead men tell no tales which i do not like about this whole situation at all michael's not here to defend himself that's that part that's the part i have the most trouble with okay you know michael's not here he's not here no he can't even he can't even say none of this ever happened he has no voice in this but the thing that makes him look extremely guilty is when he paid him off the first time. First time, tw- uh, five to twenty-five million dollars for that to go away. And what was his what was his reasoning? Because it's going to cost more to fight it. But he had Johnny Cochran on his Johnny team too, fucking Cochran, dude. <laughs> dude. And there and there's some weird shit happened. So basically, right. after this trial, you know, like you said, Johnny Cochran was one of was one of his lawyers. They settled out, out of court. He bought Jimmy's family because both Jimmy and Wade testified in this first trial. He bought Jimmy's family a house after that trial, gave him a loan before the trial, and then after the case was settled, he forgave the loan and then bought Jimmy a car at 16. So there's some weird payoff shit, payoff shit here, right? Like, go ahead and testify for me. Yeah. You know? I mean, connect the fucking dots. Connect the dots a little bit, right? Come on, man. So um, that's when Michael had to change his image right after this. This trial, and that's in 1994, and that's when he married Lisa Marie Presley. Another way to try to dodge this, yep. right? And that had was that, the most awkward. Dude, had that awkward kiss on the VMAs. She <laughs> <laughs> oh, wanted none of that, dude. She's like, oh, you didn't tell me how to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't in the clause, Michael. Right. It <laughs> was an awkward kiss. That's like one of those... You go in for it, you don't really know her, yeah. but you just you, you try anyway and right. see where it takes you. Yeah. Like, it was that was so awkward. You could tell they just weren't into each other. Like that no, was so fake. Like he wasn't into <laughs> her at all. It was so weird. <sighs> and then the basically the rest of the documentary is just like you said, going into Wade and Jimmy's personal life for the next ten years. Wade was working with NSYNC and Britney Spears, so he did do some good things. He was a choreographer. And Michael, and Michael kept calling one. Yeah, yeah, Britney. Britney. Yeah, sure I he did. That, yeah. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> but do you remember? She looked good back oh, then, yeah. man. She, she still was, looks yeah. great. She looks great. She had that little moment, and then she got right back to it. So did Jessica Simpson, too. We all have that moment. I mean, I yeah. never shaved my head and hit car windows. Right. Maybe I did. I don't know. But remember her twenty, yeah, like her 2007 meltdown? Oh, dude, she went off the rails. She did go off the rails. She, yeah, she went nuts. But she looks great right now. Great. She does. Yeah, doing her thing. You Shout know. out to Kevin Federline. I think he gets like either thirty five to 40000 a month for child support. Yeah, you made it, kid. You made it, bro. You made it. I, I want we your all life. look up to you. Yeah, I want your life. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was DJing for a while too. Like, oh yeah, I remember being in Chicago and you'd see like K Fed DJing at the House of Blues. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, God, this guy's got the life. That's the that well, that's the life of all the celebrities <laughs> now, right? They're just DJs, they're just guest DJs now. So he gets the kids, yeah, guest <laughs> DJs, but then he gets the boys on the weekend and gets forty grand a month. Yep. He's winning. Yeah, life. I think he needs to take her back to court though because you know she's like because she's like the highest paid. Uh, She's Vegas now. Like yeah, oh right? yeah, for a while just resigned. I don't know if she resigned or if her I don't know if her contract just ended or if she resigned, I don't remember. But I know she was one of the top acts in Vegas in for Vegas. A Dude, we gotta go. Let's go to her shows. I'm I'd, a Britney I'd fan. go. She still carry that snake. Does she? I don't know. She looks good. Dude, looks good. She looks great. 
So Hi, Jim, Brittany. Yeah, what's up, bro? <laughs> if you're listening. Musically meditated chromatic distortion. Yeah, right. We do big things. We do big things. <laughs> uh, so basically, <laughs> Jimmy was in a band and going to school, kind of living just a normal life. Um, and then in 2003, Michael gets in trouble again for some lewd acts. Um, and then he uh, contacts these families once again after he has kind of distanced himself from both these families at this point. But he wants them for character witnesses in this new trial. So in this trial, Macaulay Calkin, this is when he actually testifies, says nothing ever happened. Wade comes back and testifies for a second time. Loving Michael. This is when Michael's wearing the PJs, right? PJs, yep. Yeah. Got real deathly ill looking. Yeah. He's just taking a lot of drugs. Yeah. Was on life support probably in reality. Yeah. Um, but not Jimmy. So that's another thing that how you said I felt Jimmy felt more real. Jimmy refused that second time. And he told his parents who were going to testify, according to them, that he didn't go into detail, but he just said, Michael's a bad man and you shouldn't testify. That's right. So that makes his story to me a little bit more credible because he wasn't willing as he was older now uh, to defend Michael almost. Didn't want to come out and um, hang him, I guess would be the word, yeah. but didn't want but didn't want to uh, support, him, support him, either. him either. Right. And so, Michael wrote him off after that. too. And Michael wrote him off pretty much. Um, never talked to him again. Never talked to him. But somehow, Michael Jackson found not guilty on all 10 counts, so free again. So a jury of his peers said... Didn't have enough evidence. Yeah, nothing happened. That's when he got up on that after being sick. That was like 13 counts, right? It was uh, 10 counts. 10 counts, 10 counts of sexual... Assault. Assault. Yeah, so I'm assuming. I didn't yeah. look up the actual charges. For yeah, that, but, but I mean, that's a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of counts, at least. I don't know the people... If, each person had multiple accounts for different times, but either way, 10 counts, you couldn't get them on not one of them. So either the evidence wasn't there or maybe it's the same thing. You got a bunch of these old people who probably grew up on Michael and didn't want to believe it. Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't think they had enough. They didn't have probably enough, enough evidence. evidence. Yeah. I don't know. And he got on the SUV and that's when he danced on that SUV. Remember? <laughs> he did. <laughs> the beat was the, no, he had his little suit. That on. time he came back in the suit. Yeah. 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 He showed, he was, Cause he was, what he was trying to do was like, I think he was trying to get the trial postponed. That's why he showed up in his pajamas and said he was too sick. And like, he could, you know, we need to, we need to delay the trial. He thought he was going to jail in reality. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Probably didn't think he would be able to beat it twice. Cause the, cause once the, it's a, it's a different error now. The internet's a little bit bigger at this point. Yeah, and ten counts. Ten counts. You've already been you skated. Yeah, counts. and you skated by once. You know. Yeah, then Macaulay Culkin and didn't know boy do it too. Didn't they? Didn't he defend him? Uh, what's his name? We talked about him. Corey uh, Corey uh, Feldman. Did he? Did he defend him the second uh, time? I don't know for sure. But old boy Wade did though. Wade did. Wade came back and testified a second time. See, he's the one. He's man. the one. I think he was just trying to be around Michael. It's what it seemed like to me. I don't know. Yeah. Just, yeah. It just. Why defend him twice? Like yeah. you helped him out. Yeah, he, and he, I don't get that. Well, Michael was always trying to tell him that he was going to make him this great, like Steven Spielberg producer. But he didn't even need him at that time. Nah, because he already done the show. You know, he was a choreographer, like you said, for NSYNC. Yeah, work with Britney. Yeah, but now I guess though that's is what was that? Oh, when did that trial come? Oh six. Yeah, like oh five, oh seven. So that was right before Britney. So maybe he wasn't working with them people no more. I don't. I don't. I, mean, I don't yeah, know. Like he might have been starting. He might have been starting to fall off that map a little bit, and was trying to, you know, well, trying I mean, to get back in the game. Money, like you, you would think. You would think, like yeah. you're good for life, right? Dealing with those kind of artists, I'm, Britney Spears, dude. You would think. You Never were doing. Know. He was the hottest. According to the documentary, he was like the hottest dude at the time. Like everyone wanted to work with him, 
like dance wise, he started his own like gym, I think, mm-hmm. like dance gym or yeah, something yeah, like that studio. Yeah, he was in L.A. Like he was, he was the yeah. bee's knees, man. And then six years later, basically Michael dies, and like we've been talking about, these guys come out basically and change their whole story from where they've always been. Um, when he can't defend himself, that's some fuckery. Yeah, and you know? we also got to throw in that originally before the documentary got made, they tried suing the estate for their um in a civil case to try to get money for the sexual abuse and that got oh, thrown out of court really yeah so you know that that's another so that's a, there's another that's little, kinda, that could be a documentary itself right so there's another kind of little hey we want some money kind of thing yeah to it. the 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 civil court trial didn't work out for us let's take this doc we'll take money from uh from hbo remember a lot of shit too they mentioned i think it was on the second episode uh that british guy did that documentary on michael remember like it was in the early 2000s and shit, and he was being creepy. Do you yeah, remember that? I and think it, so. It kind of opened up It opened up a whole new can of worms. Yeah. Because remember, he was hanging out with kids and shit again, and yeah. it was just like, dude, he's acting yeah. weird. I think that's what started these whole The whole, the whole second things. wave yeah. of like, the 10 allegations. Yeah, they were showing like that Brent that Brent Barnes kid yeah. hanging around with him, the little, yeah. little Dominican kid or whatever he was. So, so it's one of those, like, shame on Michael, too. Like, let's just say if he didn't do anything, which I don't believe, um, if he didn't... Uh, why would you go out and keep on yourself in those situations? Yeah. Yeah. You know, now you're, now you're rubbing it in people's faces, right. especially for those that think that you did it the first time. Right. Here you are, a whole new documentary in Neverland. You're hanging out with kids the same way, being goofy and weird as fuck. Yeah. You know, and and then here you are just, just yeah. doing it. It's going to piss people off. Yeah. Hey, look at me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's ignorant. Yeah. I, I know you're a fan, Corey, but it's just like, God. No. Like I said, I can, I can uh, separate the art start, from the yep, action. Absolutely. It's hard. The music's still good to me. Doesn't yeah. change the, the the doesn't change the lyrics. Doesn't change the the singing. Doesn't change the dancing. I mean the the crotch the crotch grabs might change a little bit for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Those are a little. That's crossing the line. Right. <laughs> Don't be. Yeah. I'll just we'll blur that part out. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It's it's a tough subject, but I'm glad we're talking about right. it. Right. You know, kind of get it out there. But for a dead man not to be able to defend themselves, or you know. A, I think that's bullshit. Right. You know, he's not here to do it. Right. I mean, he's not here to pay anybody off. But like I said, like going back, like this culture of I was assaulted or something happened, like even with Bill Cosby, and I think he did it. He's a piece of shit. But there's like this trend of let's just wait. Like now it's even like let's just wait till the dude's dead. Right. Like that's not right. No. It's because you're trying to get that quick buck because you don't really have to, do, you don't really have to prove anything. He's kind of got to make someone feel bad for you. And then they'll award you some civil money because it's not a it's not a criminal co- charge. It's a making you monetarily responsible instead of criminally responsible for it. That would be interesting to see uh, with this documentary. Like if you could break down the numbers, like how much are they actually making from it? It seemed like a lot. I know um, Michael Jackson's estate came out very hard against it, and I know they're filing lawsuits already, um, trying to get it pulled off the air. And they even went on as far as to release. I don't know if it was an an un an unseen. Uh, concert footage or something they released some kind of concert the exact same time that it was being played on HBO they released a free YouTube concert of Michael Jackson at the that ran at the exact same block so they were trying to counter mm-hmm. like hey come look at our free concert you've never seen so you don't watch, watch this documentary this yeah so they're very adamant that none of this ever happened and it's all money ploy here's a weird little conspiracy that I, I looked into when it was released you know Oprah is one of those too that was Supportive of Michael. She interviewed him when it first happened. She had his back. And then 
Now she's saying that she didn't, you know, she did not have his back. And she, you know, after he died kind of thing, like I said, everybody's jumping ship and shit. Yeah. But she was really close with Harvey Weinstein. So the Harvey Weinstein trial was going on the same week that this documentary was dropped. That's a little weird. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. that's some conspiracy. Like hey, shit. like hey, look over here. Hey, look over here at this terrible shit yeah. Michael did because me and Harvey, we've made a lot of money together. A lot of money together. You know, you know, he's always been yeah. a scumbag. But it's pretty funny how that how you don't hear much about how how think about it. They sw- they sweep him kind of under the table because it doesn't fit the the exact narrative you're kind of looking for. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you kind of like hey, it was a big story at first, but that should be the biggest story of the year still. Right. But like, let's just drop this shit on Michael because he's yeah. not here to defend himself yeah. now. Yeah. I don't and like she's that. behind it. But at one time she was with him too. So is she behind the actual this uh, this documentary, or is I, she just promoting uh, it? Promoting, I would say that. Don't quote me, but that was just like a weird thing that I noticed, and it was like a conspiracy, yeah. like, you know, like a conspiracy yeah. thing, because the Harvey Weinstein shit it was going sense. on. I could see that at the same time. I could see that. And you know, the shit that he did was obviously terrible. But hey, if she has made a lot of money with him, she probably knew about shit too. Oh, I'm sure. Right. I'm but sure. let's just and let's I'm sure. forget about what's going on over there. Right. Let's focus all this terrible. I mean, child right. molestation is the worst. Let's just get everybody's attention there. Because like I said earlier, that got our attention and probably oh, everybody yeah. that's listening to this right. right now. But what about Harvey Weinstein? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about oh. that guy. Yeah. Oh, that, well, that's when the trial started. Yeah, he was only like casting, casting, couching every fucking girl every in Hollywood. Every girl that came through Hollywood. Yeah. Remember that Rose McGowan, too? She's, she stood up against him. Yeah, finally. But what did was, was her story goofy too? I know we're getting a little all bit the, off subject. All the stories are goofy because it's always after the fact. Like it's yeah. once you're not doing movies with them, now you have a problem with it, mm-hmm. right? And then it was as soon as this like, and not to harp on this hashtag Me Too thing, but it was like as soon as it became like, because this is how Hollywood works. As soon as it became like the cool thing to do, right? Now I can call it this dude, even though I made tons of money off him. I never, I never what. To me, you're a piece of shit also. So like right. Jennifer Lawrence, these girls, you're also a piece of shit because you've made hundreds of million dollars off this guy, right? You, you he's um he's taken your career to another to another level. You had no problem with it then, right? But you couldn't speak up now once you're there and you let him keep doing this to other girls, right? And then as soon as it became like cool to talk about, now you have no problem. Same with these dudes. It's like as soon as one person was willing to come out, now you're willing to come out and say, oh yeah, but me too, me too also. Same with the Michael Jackson thing. Now he's not here. You know, now, it, right. now there's money to be made on something that happened to me. Right. You know, 20 or 25 years ago, and it, it it's going to get attention, and right. everybody's supposed to, you know, right. feel themselves and be inside their own feelings, and oh my God, I was molested as a kid. When it was your time to come up the bat, right. you defended him. Right. And I just want to be clear, I'm not defending Harvey Weinstein here. That dude's no. a piece of shit. No, he is a piece of shit. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I threw him in there just because of that conspiracy yeah. of like the Oprah. No, I can see that Oprah being down with Michael, and then not, and then now totally throwing him under the bus. I don't, like I said, I don't know yeah. if she was really funding the yeah. documentary, but putting it out there. Yeah, I can see. Right it. when the Weinstein, Weinstein and, or Weinstein thing, started. and I'm sure he knows a lot of dirt on her. Oh yeah. So there's probably that little bit of like I won't be so harsh on you, and maybe even if I can throw a little. A little f- flag over here, just for a little carrot over here for some dang a little carrot over here for you to look at. Yeah, like everyone in the country is looking at the Michael yeah. Jackson thing. Because I, it's funny about that. Because w- I did, which yeah. is hilarious. I didn't even realize that trial was going on. See, nobody probably. Yeah, did. which is fucking crazy to me. 
that that should be fir- that should be headline news. I haven't seen nothing. I've been scrolling Facebook all a goddamn day. You don't see nothing about that, do you? <laughs> no, I saw a couple things about about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, R. Kelly. Yeah, which uh, transition in. We're we'll, doing that right now. Yeah, we'll get into the guy who is alive to defend himself. Who's a piece of shit? Who's a piece of shit? Total piece of shit. Yeah, this is now. This is R. Kelly. We're talking about here a oh, guy. Yeah. We're just going right in. Right. Who uh, dropped out of twelfth grade? Uh, a guy who apparently cannot read or write very well, which is mind-boggling to me that he's not able to read or write and did all this music. I never knew this. Yeah, that's what okay. they they said that a bunch in the. Uh, we'll even get to it towards the end of this about even the he wasn't he's not even able to read the comments online about himself. He's that has that little reading ability. That's kind of nutty when you yeah, think about. Sad. Yeah. So. Um, and then at, right at this time, so he drops out of, out of 12th grade, can't read or write, but he wins a singing contest and $100,000 and right away signs with Jive Records. And a few years later is when he starts popping up at the high school, trolling back at the high school. He's that dude. He's that guy. Yeah, he's the guy who's graduated four <laughs> years ago. He's showing back up, trying to see the new crop. <laughs> see the new crop. He's like, uh, what is that? Dazed and Confused. He's Matthew yep. McConaughey and Dazed and Confused. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh no uh Ben uh Ben uh what the fuck Batman guy uh Ben Affleck Ben Affleck he was the guy who was like a third year senior <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was that guy there were those guys like uh they would show up they were out of high school but then their girlfriend was still there and they would show up at lunch yeah oh yeah I remember like I one forgot time about that I would like was talking to some girl or whatever and like all of a sudden she got quiet I'm like what she's like oh blah blah blah's out there and I looked out the window and there he was all. All, oh my god, mean mugging, huh? Mean mugging, yeah, all, like, all yeah. upset. And there was, you know, just looking at me through the little window, like, man, this is not. Little Joey gonna steal my high school girl. <laughs> but at least she was, you know, she was in my grade, right? But I mean, you know how illegal that shit is. Yeah. Like that's totally like late nineties, early two thousands. That's late nineties shit. Yeah. Ex boyfriends or boyfriends of just showing up. Yeah. I could see Kells doing yeah, that. Yeah, so he started showing up, apparently hanging out, sitting in the picnic tables, and... This is just the creepiest it's episode crazy, <laughs> <laughs> So apparently he's trying to pull girls, and he would use the excuse as he's recruiting backup singers. So he's recruiting these backup singers from this school, right? His high school, and this is all taking place in the sh- in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. So one of these first girls he pulls is Javante Cunningham, who is a 14-year-old, quote-unquote, backup singer... Um, and she claims he had her recruiting other girls. So she was basically his little liaison to all these other girls at the high school. Hey, come back to the studio. You know, he's going to put us in some background vocals, whatever. Put us in the video. Right. So they, she claims basically right away, like R. Kelly didn't play no games. Like this dude didn't, he didn't evolve to this. He went right into it. So she claims right away while recording slow dance, the remix, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> R. Kelly had one of her friends bent over in the booth in front of everyone. I can just picture him. You know, he's in that concert. And he's always doing that little, yeah. little pelvic thrust. Yeah. Could you imagine him just singing red flags? R. Kelly singing, 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 uh, uh, singing that song while fucking hitting it. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, like I said, a lot of red flags with this yeah. guy too. Man. So she claims they're all underage, all under eighteen. 
Um, and then in 1993 is when he drops his first big album, and that was 12 Play. I remember that. I remember it had that all kinds out. of bangers on it. Your body's calling me. That was the album. Back yeah, then. that was one of my favorite. I used to think I, I think I wore a I think I wore a vest with no shirt on no. it. <laughs> Dude, that album was It shit. was so good, dude. It was so Your good. Your body's calling me. Uh, it had Bump and Grind on it. Oh, it man. seems like you're ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Uh, bump and Grind was like the song to Bump and Grind at middle school oh, dance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. And that's right. crazy. It played. It definitely it played did. at middle school dances. I mean, 93, we were 10, but, you know, that was, what, fifth grade? So, yeah, 90, yeah like, it was. R. Kelly was middle school. It was, de- it was definitely playing at... Um, grade school. I want to say it was playing at my grade school dances. You guys had grade school dances? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, you guys didn't have that? I don't think so. Yeah. I remember the Hobart Hobart Pool, uh, the Hobart Pool summer oh, dances. Sh- fuck yeah, dude. Boy, uh, <laughs> dude. What, what the fuck? What did they call it? They called, they called that something. They had a name God, to those it. those were the best. Yeah. I was like, you would catch up with girls like, you hadn't seen them since school got yeah. out, and there was girls from different elementaries. Yep. And they play a little bit of music, so you get a little bit of your dancing yeah. and swim and swim. You know, which was dangerous. A little dangerous. They had the high dive back then. <laughs> they had the high dive, and you could dive for the fucking thirteen pound brick in the thirteen foot yeah, deep, deep pool. section. Yeah, just as long as you got that little dolphin on you. We had a, <laughs> we had a hustle. We'd find those dolphins at the bottom, and we'd sell them. Oh yeah, for yeah. like what five bucks? Yeah, one of those little pe- personal pizzas. Yeah, those. Pe- I was gonna say, or the personal pizzas. So uh, a lot of R. Kelly though. Getting nostalgic, but yeah, that's that's when the R. Kelly was banging, banging, and TLC and uh, Boys to Men. Boys to Men was great. All the R and B was super sexualized though. It was, but it was good shit. Yeah, that nineties R and B was the best, right. dude. SWV, I could go on. And on. <laughs> <laughs> Silk, remember Silk, dude? dude? Yeah, what you know about Silk? I know, I know about Silk. That was like my track. Uh, your body's calling me. Yeah. Right. No, that's uh, oh, that's R. That's Kelly. R. Kelly. Uh, what is it called? Yeah. What was that? I don't. I don't remember the name. I don't know. I remember. I remember that album though. It had like the little purple silky thing. Yeah. yeah. Floating yeah. around. It was yeah. like four brothers or something. Yeah. yeah. And there was all for one. All it had for a couple one. bangers. See, this all reminds me. Shout out to Aaron Cradiville. I'm sure. I don't think he's probably listening to this, but he was the friend like back then. Like he was on the R&B tip, you know. So he had R. Kelly, Twelve Play. He had Silk. And all for one. I had, was like I had all. Jam. I had all three of those CDs. See, it was big yep. back then. And I used to sing in my closet to some of those middle school girls <laughs> that boys did. Man, you get in your closet on that cordless phone. Oh yeah, the cordless. You were the shit if you had a cordless. Yep. And I closed the closet door, thinking my, my you know, my parents couldn't hear you. Mm-hmm. But they still could. <laughs> oh yeah, and they listen on the other line too. So uh, at this point is when he meets uh, Aaliyah, and she was only twelve at the time. Red flag. Red flag. And he instantly becomes her producer, and the first thing she drops is AJ Nothing But a Number. Well, holy that he, shit! That he that he wrote that he wrote and produced. Oh my god, I mean, shit me. Which is basically about like having sexual relations with someone that's not your age. AJ Nothing But a Number. So fucking Fuck weird, right? Running. Red flag. That now talking about flaunting it in front of people. There's a flaunt, and R. Kelly does a lot of flaunting in front of people. Yeah, well, uh, I his. mean, I knew the Aaliyah, the Aaliyah connection, and I, I heard the rumors and shit, but I never put that those things. Yeah, so that was the first thing, and then allegedly, now from one of these other girls on this, these backup singers, so they're all traveling now on this bus because their 12 play came out, so they're all the backup singers still, these high school girls that he has traveling with them on their bus, and they got all these little cubicles they sleep in and shit. Now, they claim they are playing a prank one day. And they busted open that door where Aaliyah, because they always claimed that Aaliyah, they did that weird MTV interview where they wouldn't, he wouldn't really, uh, he wouldn't say that they were together. 
in a sense, but was like, whoa, you know, like just kind of playing, like kind of off playing it a little bit. They claim they busted in the door and they had, they saw him having sex. Damn. Now this is rumors. Yeah, this is rumors. Right. So his manager now comes on and says, R. Kelly tells him that she's pregnant. Aaliyah's pregnant. Like we're in trouble. I got Aaliyah in trouble. She's pregnant now. And that's when he marries her. When they had that, he has that weird little, yeah, that weird little, they married for like two months. The manager. How old was she? Do you remember? So she was 15. Dude. But the manager, uh, apparently, now he claimed, now this is him talking, so he claims he falsified paperwork on the marriage certificate that say that she was 18 years old. So whoever married him believed that it was 18, that she was 18. He was 27 at the time. Dude. So here's a 15-year-old girl marrying a 27-year-old in reality, lying about it, so you already know something's wrong. Like, you already know you're doing wrong if you're making her lie about her age. Right, like in your mind, you already know you're doing something that's not right, um, and that's when MTV, when it was actually about music, they're the ones that actually broke. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like it ain't, about, it ain't about music no more. I don't even know what it is. It's all. Uh, is it even a, a the station? real world? The challenge? Something? You know? It's all that shit. I guess. I don't watch it either. Oh, I, I do watch. I lie. I watch um, Wildin' Out with Nick Cannon. Okay. And then I watch uh, Ridiculousness. With uh, Rob Dyrdek, it's like a didn't he just die? Nah, unless it happened like the last couple of days. All right, I'm sorry. That's a terrible thing. To- <laughs> <laughs> don't put that on Rob. I'm sorry, Rob. I hope you don't die. <laughs> sorry. There's like some skateboard dude or something. Didn't that happen? Well, he's a skateboard dude, so yeah, maybe. I don't know. You think about that Ryan dude from Jackass? Ryan Dunn. No, I know he's been dead for a while. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna have to look it up now. You got me worried. Rob Dyrdek. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway. MTV broke that story. They're the ones that got a hold of this marriage certificate and blasted it. So once her parents found out, they had it annulled. But here's the crazy part. For her not to pursue any legal action, R. Kelly paid Aaliyah $100. (laughs) God, really? $100, bro. A fucking C-note. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's just shitty yeah like hundred dollars yeah. but i think he was still producing her at the time so i think that was the weird so that's why a lot of people because her parents so her parents weren't on this so there's no there's no one talking for Aaliyah here but it sounds like her parents almost like who really knows once they probably got leaked they were like we can't have this out on us who knows but so yeah she passed away in a, a plane crash i think so in like oh seven maybe oh eight I thought it was longer ago than that. So did I, which is I'll funny. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah, which is funny because I actually thought the same thing. I thought she died like oh one oh two. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. And a guy at work was told me I was wrong. No, I think it was early two thousands. I think you're right. I don't know. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. So uh, I'll just keep going on yeah. then. Um, but basically, that got swept under the rug. Nothing to see here, right? That's so weird. Like all the red flags were there. Yeah, and this was all the way back in 1994. So you're talking 25 years ago from this documentary dropping. Right away, he marries a 15-year-old. There's the red flag. He hasn't even done nothing yet. He's dropped one album. He's not that big yet. I mean, he's big, but he's not like R. Kelly status yet, which is crazy. So you think he would already, uh, you would say something at this point, but no one says anything. Um, And then it just sounds like after this, probably because he didn't get in trouble, 
he was like, fuck it, I'm going to start. Just keep going on. Keep going. So he starts bringing a plethora of young girls in from all over the country, apparently. Another monster, just a monster yep. of a human being. Yep, and using music for booty. Now, the only difference between R. Kelly is these, at least these these kids were a little older, right? <laughs> they bought double the age of Michael's kids, <laughs> but they're still, like, they're high school kids. I mean, they're still... They're super young, man. And Aaliyah was super young. She was 12 at the time when she did die in 01, by the way. I looked it up. Was it? Yeah, it was Okay, 01. cool. I was right then. Yeah, yeah, you fu- were... Hey, fuck you, Armando. Yeah, Armando. <laughs> Armando, Armando, you were wrong. Wrong. Wrong, dog. Right? So uh, he's basically using mu- music for booty. So he's using that He's using that same, that, that same line. Like, I'm going to make you a dancer. I'm going to make you a singer. Come hang out with me. Right? Um, Pretty lame. Yeah. So all these relationships now start turning more physical and and a dominating type of abuse along with the sexual abuse. Um, he apparently locked up his wife at the time, so he gets married right right at the same time. So he divorces Aaliyah, marries that backup dancer in '95. So like one year, so it's almost like this is his Lisa Marie Presley thing. Mm-hmm. Let me change my image real quick. Let me marry a girl who's only nine. She's nineteen, but at least she's of age. You know, we got that going for you, right? So he, he Robert. Lo- yeah, so he basically locks her up, doesn't let her eat. If she gets in trouble, he holds food from her. That seems to what be the, the yeah, that seems to be the the narrative going forward is what he likes to do with his girls. But this is the first girl he treated like a slave, where he kept them locked up. She couldn't talk out of turn, couldn't leave the house. She would that Sparkle girl said that one time she was sitting on the couch at R. Kelly's house. She he didn't even know she didn't even know that his wife was there. And she, she remembers that she like stuck her head outside from the upstairs and like, uh, can I, can I, can I come out and eat now? What? And he's like, yeah. And she was like, I'm a grown ass woman. Ain't no one telling me when I can eat. Right. You know what I mean? So that was the first red flag or third red flag. <laughs> or the 33rd red flag. Right. But yeah, he's, yeah. Like you said, like a little cover up, a publicity yeah. stunt. Yeah. And then he's treating him like an animal. Like an animal. Yeah. And then he drops, uh, I believe I can fly. Which game changes his image because he goes from that. I forgot that was a song. Yeah, so he goes from that straight sexual image to like a song that's played in churches now, which is I believe I can fly. Like that's a very inspirational song. It was yeah. a Space Jam. It was so huge. That was Space Jam. Yeah, that thing was huge. That might have been his biggest song of all time. God, I forgot that was him for some reason. Yeah, it's still played to this day. I mean, I love that. I sing that all the time in my head. Do you? I believe I can fly. <laughs> 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 so all this is going on. He, he's married and actually pops out two kids during this time that no one seems to know about, really, because they're not in public. They're not being seen anywhere. Um, and then in 2000 is when the Chicago Sun-Time finds out that he's actually had a bunch of lawsuits that have been filed against him. And what he was doing was he was settling all these out of court, um, which is why none of this had became public at the time. But that kind of opened the floodgates for everyone to start kind of coming out. And that's when that sex and P tape came out. They got a hold of that P tape. Do you remember that tape? I do. Every that was the first sex tape. That was but the But did you OG. ever see it back then? I seen like a couple clips of it, the P part. I think I don't know if I've seen the whole clip, <laughs> right? I have the whole because it's apparently it's a long ass video. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't it was out. Like it, it sounds like I was thinking about. Well, do I want to share this or not? Whatever. I'm going to share it. Uh, you know, R. Kelly being in Chicago, that's close to us, and then. This particular porno or whatever was like on it was available. It was. It was available back then. And it was, this is and before it was, the it was, internet. It was bootlegged like a motherfucker. It was bootlegged like a motherfucker. But I did see it like there was some grimy individuals that hung out in grimy places that had this and it was like 
yeah, did you hear about it? Like, what? You know, and they just, like, put it. It was VHS. Curiosity. Yeah, like, what is it? And I was like, oh, you know, like, at the time, I don't, you know, I don't know if, like, it was after the allegations or whatever, but probably at the same time. But it was out there. Yeah. It's not like this shit was a secret. Right. Like, it was out there on the black market, like, readily available in, in urban areas. Yeah. say that. Oh, like, yeah. It was there. Yeah, you went to the Swaparama in GI to that bootlegger who was right around from the <laughs> right. Chinese guy who sold the audio equipment. Corey could, yeah, exactly. That dude sold bootleg pornos, pornos and yeah. all kinds of bootleg movies. So it's like, did he do that on purpose? And like, it, it backfired, but it was like yeah, really so, bad. So what happened was, apparently he would, he would, he was into this videotaping things now, right? So he was constantly videotaping. He had rant, he had girls that were his like main girls, right? Who he always kept around, but he kept them separated apparently. So they would never let them interact with each other. They kept them separate in different rooms. And he started bringing around this other girl. So one of his main hoes was introduced to, which turns out to be the sparkle girl who we just talked about, her, her niece. So she introduced her because she was a rapper. See, that's like creepy shit too, like back to the parents and, and Jacko. Like, why are you introducing him? Right, right. So she didn't know anything was going on. Apparently, to Sparkle claims that she didn't know anything was going on at the time, right? Like with with his fetishes thing. but Like pissing. Right, because she wasn't allowed to be there without um, Sparkle to the to the studio, Right. So she sparkles claims that she remembers one day coming in and seeing uh, her little niece there. And was like, why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. Da, 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 da. Had a little issue with it. She thought that whole situation was squashed and that her little niece wasn't hanging out there no more. But apparently he was bringing her in on the DL and he was bringing her in to do all these little sexual acts. And he was bringing her in with one of his main girls and they were having a threesome. So she's one of the ones that's on this tape that she's getting peed on. I can't remember this girl's name. She's one of the main girls, though, in this documentary. And she claims that when R. Kelly walked out of the room one day, she knew that he was making all these tapes now, right? And and, uh, she went and uh, pulled the tape out and watched it while R. Kelly wasn't in the room. And she thought this girl was 16 at the time. This is when she found out she was 14. Somehow, I can't remember exactly. But anyway, she watches it, and she sees all the pissing and shit that she didn't know was going on and all the other sexual relations. So she's like, I don't want this to get out on me. So she steals the tape. And this is what, oh, that's right. The Chicago Sun Time story came out. So she's worried that all the, her, her indiscretions are now going to get out because she's having these threesomes and shit. So she steals this tape, gives it to another girl to hide from her, and then ev- eventually comes out and tells R. Kelly that she had stole this tape. So R. Kelly didn't know this tape was missing. Oh. So he went to the girl who this girl gave it to, and they paid her like $250,000, then made R. Kelly made this bitch take a lie detector test, saying that she didn't make no copies, and then failed the lie detector test. Whoops. And then paid multiple more payments for each individual copy of the tape. But somehow there was still one copy out and the Chicago Sun-Times got a hold of it and then released the P-tape. So R. Kelly thought it was all taken care of, and it wasn't. He was trying to cover his tracks. Cover his tracks. I wonder if that's the one that was on the streets back then. I'm sure um, it is. Early 2000s? Yeah, because that was the whole tape that got released, yep. Yeah. That's what he was trying to pay. So he paid like 250 grand for the first tape, the original, and then was paying multiple payments apparently for the copies. Because whoever took it from her must have watched and was like, I can make some money off this tape. It's the R. Kelly sex tape. Yep. The first, the original. Way before, the original. Yeah, way before Kardashians. Yeah. Fucking thieves. Right. R. Kelly wants some of that fucking Kardashian money, dude. He needs it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. So basically, that starts um, 
uh, the first real police investigation was this Chicago Sun Times report, and it all started with the um, uh, the the alleged counts that he was paying off these girls. Basically, they find that they get a hold of this tape, they re- they they put it out. Uh, Chicago police start investigating, and they actually bring what is it, twenty one counts of child pornography against him in twenty. Uh, 2002 and he paid all of them off too didn't he so the child pornography is basically all based on this tape for the most part because it they're claiming um it's this sparkles niece right who's 14 at the time apparently of this tape being made but the problem is so let me just get this okay. real quick he posts he posts he gets arrested indicted he posts bond the, here's the community we're living in right now in the times. So he leaves jails and goes directly to a church for an event with children and sings on stage. Right. So it's just so weird. Um, like business as usual. Then in Miami, he gets hit with some, some other charges for more photos and videos that were now becoming found with underage girls. Uh, but in 2004, those charges get dropped. So he's pushing out, like he's not allowing this trial in Chicago to happen. He keeps um, getting um, continuances and shit. Um, there was a technicality in the in the Florida case because the judge says they didn't have proper reason to search the area the tapes were found. So basically just a technicality. We can't use these tapes. No case. See ya. It gets dropped. All along, he's dropping songs. So he drops Ignition. He drops Ignition, the remix. It's the remix to Ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama rolling that body, oh, got every song. man in here wishing. Yeah. Um, and people are buying his music. I mean, I did. I mean, I pirated it, but I definitely was buying it. <laughs> um, that was Chocolate Factory. Then he dropped Chocolate Factory, which was debut number one, all while the sex pornography tapes just lingering out there. 21 counts of child pornography. Number one hit on Billboard Records. All the way to 2008. Six years after the charge, he finally um, goes to court, but denying it, even claiming his brother Carrie was the guy on the film. Thanks. Right? Thanks. I'm brother Carrie. Right? Thanks, Robert. So the weirdest dynamic of the... Right. What a fucking cut. But the other brother's in jail, and he's talking, which is weird. And this is not the brother. So he he threw the brother not in jail under the bus, which is even worse. Damn. (laughs) Right? Like, we all going to be in jail. Fuck if I'm going. Yeah, we're all going. <laughs> right? So the crazy part about this, though, is little girls are showing up at the trial in support of R. Kelly. You know, like little fans. So the um, prosecution actually shows the entire P video and the entire porno to the jury during trial. Like, look, R. Kelly. That's him. That's He's him. pissing on right? someone. Witness after witness identifies R. Kelly, all these backup singers. They're identifying R. Kelly. They're identifying the underage child on the tape. Her aunt Sparkle, who introduced her, she testifies that the victim is both uh, the both people on the on the tape is her niece and R. Kelly. So she's like, it's definitely them. But oh, the other girlfriend, so the girl who was who stole the tape, who was on the threesome, she testifies. Uh-huh. She she says it's me. It's the little girl who I thought was sixteen at the time, but was only fourteen apparently. Uh, and uh, R. Kelly, it's all of us on this tape. But the problem is the parents won't come forward. So they're claiming it's not their daughter and they won't come forward to testify. Paid the parents off. I would assume. And the uncle, Sparkle's brother, comes on and testifies that's not his niece. 
and the g- little girl on the tape herself, and they never named her, and I don't and look it up because I don't yeah. want to name her. Yeah, you know, if, they, if they're not going to do it, I'm not going to throw her out no, there, right? I'm no. sure I could find it, but I'm not going to do that. Um, she wouldn't come forward either to testify. So basically, with no real accuser and no, and there was really no way to date that tape. So that was another problem they had. Even if they could prove it was her, without any kind of testifying from the 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 girl itself, there's no way to really know if she was of age at the time. Because at by the time this trial took place, she was of age, which is weird though. Because like, I mean, you've had the tape since 2002. Yeah, but that is a that's a valid point in a, in a court of law. Like, yeah, hey, there's no there was no direct there was no victim in reality. Yeah. You know, you don't have you have the victim who you're claiming it is, and she's not talking. But then again, playing devil's advocate, it was him. Oh yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. It's, look he's at, there. Look at it. Right there, it is. It's him. Yep. So the I jury, don't... so the jury finds him not guilty. They're like, no, sorry, not enough proof. Dude, twenty-one counts of child pornography. And it sounds get, like he paid a lot of people off. It probably did. You think he's gonna get? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Though. Probably. Think he will again? Uh, he's run out of money. I think that's what's that's the hurt thing him. too. Like like you said, he put out uh, what was it, Chocolate Factory, and and was very successful. Well, let's not attack him right now. Let's everybody make a lot of money. The record right. label, you know, whoever the publicist, yep. everybody involved in yep. the R. Kelly team, which is a disgusting thing. Yeah, he was doing hit, he was doing hits with Jay Z, Jay Z, Twista. Yeah, so where I mean, are all these guys at? No, nowhere. Every, yeah, everybody's making money. Yeah. But now that's what I'm saying with society. So now maybe he doesn't have the money, and unfortunately. He's been a monster since this, right? Yep. And he's been attacking and Oh yeah. He's a predator. predator. We could have put this dude away a long time ago, but when he's making you money then Yep. Let's not touch him. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's that's what it looks like to me, pretty Same. much. Yeah, and once once we're once once we can't use you no more right. for our our gain. Yeah, so now, now here's fuck about Yeah, it. so now here's all these other people's yeah. lives that have been destroyed. So I can virtue signal almost and jump on the bandwagon so I can be some kind of hero in the story. Yeah, hero in the story, but hey, even though you're part of the complicitness of it. Yeah. You know? It's gross. It is gross. Fucking gross. Right. So they find him not guilty, but R. Kelly just cannot stay away. So a year later, remember I told you those girls were showing up at the concert. He meets one of these girls and they have like a few conversations at trial. Somehow numbers are exchanged. A year later, he invites one of these girls um, over to his crib. And she was a 14-year-old freshman in high school when they first met, right? So she was 16 now, but this is the other girl that came forward. Remember when when this first story broke a few years afterwards with that other girl who was underage and she lied to him though. She told him he she was 19. So, I have a little bit more okay with this. First of all, she's legal in the law according to what she said, right? Now he probably knew though. Still weird. Still weird cuz at this point you're like 30ish, 5 probably and you're hanging around with a 19-year-old. Still weird. That's very weird. Yeah, it's it's not good. So, he brought her over, got her in the pool and instantly goes right to that pervert thing. Touching her titties and shit and like basically making a move is what she claimed. Right. Now, this is the girl, if I'm not mistaken, who broke her NDA uh, NDA or whatever, the non-disclosure agreement that all these girls have been signing. She broke it and she's the one that's suing him because uh, he gave her those, those herps, the herpes. Ooh. Ooh. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't know this. Yeah. So that's how, why, that's why she came forward. She's so she's suing him. He's, he has herpes. Yeah, so she's suing him because he didn't disclose that he had herpes. So that's how she's trying to get him. She's like, "If well, I can't get you on the the rape thing, I'm gonna get you on the you gave me herpes and didn't disclose it to me." Is that a thing? Yeah, it is a thing. So if you know you have herpes, 
and you don't tell your sexual partner and she contracts it, they can charge you with a crime in some in some uh, instances. That's good. Yeah, That's it good should be. Know. Yeah. So all you dirty sexual Sh- people out there. Strap it. Strap or, it. Or, or <laughs> disclose your, your nastiness. Yeah. I mean, because it's extremely personal. It is. I mean, it's up to you, obviously, to yeah. and something like her, protect yourself. Yeah. And it's one thing if you're going to give a dude the clap and he can just take a pill for it. It's <laughs> no, a, man, I don't it, want nothing. Well, obviously, we don't want nothing. But it's another thing <laughs> right. if, you're, if you're giving the motherfucker the, the, hurt, the hurt, which is for life. Yeah. You know, that don't, that don't go away. Ever. You know. That one you gotta disclose. You got herpes. You gotta disclose that to people. So he gave her the damn. He <laughs> gave her herpes. Her. I'm pretty sure that's the girl. Okay. So she claims there were basically multiple multiple interactions, um, and then she was then confined to her home where she would go days again without food. So she's one of those persons going days without food. Um, one time, she went days without food and got slapped for simply stating because remember he was a big Chicago Bulls fan. She stated that she liked the Cavs. And he slapped her and said, no food for you, ho. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny. Me... <laughs> Damn, he took that shit personal. He did. He's like, no, this is before LeBron James, dude. Damn, the Cavs weren't even shit then. They had like Muggsy Bogues, maybe? Yeah, like, at the Sean end of his Kemp career. When he was on yeah. drugs and gained like 300 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulls weren't even good then. I don't think so. That was like. After yeah, this, oh yeah, this is two thousand. They were trash then. Trash. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were no good. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> but he just wanted to uh, assert his dominance. I guess would be the only thing. And he also yeah. liked being called daddy. That was a common theme by all these girls. So he weird. would make them all call him daddy, which is really weird, right? Yeah. So uh, R. Kelly starts now having this girl recruit other little girls, and in '09, one of these girls' mom calls the police when she finds out that her little girl is starting to hang out with this dude. But the issue is, because this is where we were talking about before we started this podcast, where R. Kelly started getting a little smart in his predatorial um, There's a conquests. Here. Same right? with like Jacko. Right. So he's like, all right, I can't pick them when they're 14 because it's too long of a gap. But if I get them, you know, right before they graduate high school, you know, they're about ready to turn that age. And in the great state of Illinois, 17, 17 is the age of consent. Yeah, so you pull these high school girls at 17, there's no, there's no real... There's no real course for the law to take here if the 17-year-old girl is saying that she's fine. Right. Right? So there's really nothing you can do. It's a free society whether you like it or not. You know what I mean? There, um, was, there was a really good interview. I don't know if you watch Vlad TV. Do you uh-huh. ever watch Vlad TV? He, like, interviews a lot of hip-hop artists and basically hip-hop. But he did interview a girl from Chicago that was one of R. Kelly's dancers, and it was set up exactly like that, exactly how you just disclosed, like, she was he met her when she was 16 didn't do anything and then the moment she turned 17 he put her on as like a backup dancer yep. and like she was talking about how he had a studio in Chicago and all the girls lived there yep that that was what they they hit on that a bunch um he made rooms all yeah, these he had rooms, rooms. It's like a compound. Yeah, and he started putting beds in them. Yeah, they all had beds. This was right when the Aaliyah shit was coming. He, he was already starting this perverted little plan, like this mastermind plan he was going to have. He even put a bed in the middle of the actual recording studio, like the main studio. Like, that's just weird. Like, why is there a bed here? Like, we're making music. What a, just, what the fuck? Yeah, and apparently, like, even in this house, when he would keep in these rooms, he, would, he wouldn't, so he wouldn't let them interact with any other girls because he didn't want them talking. They'd ask, ask permission to go to the bathroom. They'd have to ask permission to eat, and he even started putting buckets in the corner of these rooms for them to defecate in. That's fucking just weird. 
Yeah. That's man. like you're having slaves almost. Like you're like, it's just weird. Really? That's a weird fetish. What's wrong with this? Yeah, guy? It, that that's another level than just you liking young girls. And he always said like, uh, what's the, what's a teenage? Uh, what do you mean by teenager? Uh, you know, are we talking eighteen, nineteen? Yeah. Uh, and I like uh petite girls. That's how he was thinking. I like petite girls. That's how he always justified it in some of these interviews. Yeah, it's just weird. Um. So, like I said, seventeen's legal consent. So the police didn't really, didn't really have nothing to go. I couldn't really do nothing, right? Yeah, no, so, no. this is the start of all the allegations now that are going on to this day with the stable of girls that he's apparently keeping locked up in his various houses and studios. And the parents are now speaking out, saying they haven't seen their kids for years. But the problem is, is um, you know, little or no contact with their daughters. But these girls are going on TMZ and they're saying. My parents are basically just, they're full of shit. I'm fine. Um, I don't like my parents. But it's just weird yeah. because they're all locked up and they look like they don't want to speak, you know? And like using his their parents against them. Yeah. Like he was doing that yeah, thing. He's got them manipulated. Of yeah. course, they're scared. That Dominique girl in the in the video, she, you know, I would do that. Those last two episodes, those were some tearjerkers for me. Because that was, like, now, as shitty as I think some of these parents were too, because they were doing the same thing as these Michael Jackson parents were. All these girls that they're interviewing had the same story. Their parents wanted them to be stars, singers, so they thought it was okay because he was our, he was um, not found guilty on the first trial, so they didn't want to believe it, right? We felt it was okay. Our kid was going to be okay, and he was going to make them a star. So to me, it's like, ah, I feel bad for you, but you kind of put your kid. Put in that, yeah, put him in right. that situation. And I get they were right on that edge of the adulthood, but you still had time to like put your foot down before it escalated into that. So, But it was tear-jerking for me because they hadn't seen their kids in, in years, and they're crying and shit. It's that parent thing, yeah. man. And, then, and he's, he's preying on probably uh, lower income, too, oh, I yeah, would imagine. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, he knew exactly what he was doing. Of course he was. You know, shitty home life. Yeah. Poor income, you know, the parents are probably separated or I don't know. I mean, I'm yeah. just making assumptions, but yeah. he knew what he was doing. For sure. Yep. So uh, basically, like I said, uh, all these girls, though, are legal age now. So that's, that's a real problem. Um, he's the black Hugh Hefner at this point. Oh, well, what, wait, what's wrong with Hugh? He was doing the same shit? Well, he had a stable of girls living in his house who didn't really, uh, but they were more free, it seemed like. But he did pay a bunch of girls to stay at his house. Now he was doing it more as like a business transaction, I think. You know, he what he had seven girlfriends at a t- all times. Yeah, but I mean, he wasn't doing any underage shit. No, 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 no. But R. Kelly, that's, I'm just using it as, okay. A, okay. as a as a as a keeping a stable of girls around you in your home. You know, but he's yeah. just taking it to more of like I'm forcing you to stay here. Yeah, you're captured yeah. in my layers. Yeah, like and so creepy shit. Yeah, when I really felt bad though in the interview was when that Dominique girl, she's the one who was dressing up as a boy. So that's a weird thing too because they had that uh, security guard who they were blocking out. Remember, and he was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he was talking and he was kind of giving some of the good inside dirt. He was saying that Dominique, that girl, she takes the brunt of his, like, she always stays on his shit list. So he had her dressing up. She was one that was dressing up like the boy, and he would make her wear, like, a mustache and a beard, almost like his little boy toy. And I'm like, whoa, is he getting, like, a little, uh, uh, you know, is, around the edges is, he going the, is he going a little other way now, right? So the Dominique one was the one who they found, TMZ found her and that Jocelyn girl, who's one of one of his girls who um, the parents are bitching, saying they haven't seen their kids in a year, and, and that they need to do wellness checks, and they keep doing these wellness checks, and their daughters are like, we're fine, whatever. TMZ sees them on the streets in, in Beverly Hills while they're filming this documentary and asks her if they're 
basically are you guys hostage? And this Dominique girl doesn't want to look at the camera and she's wearing like, she looks like a dude. She's short hair and she's tattooing the mom's like, I didn't even recognize her. She's all tatted up. And you can see she's like not looking at the camera and she doesn't want to answer no questions. Jocelyn girl's talking though. She's like, no, I'm fine. I'm kind of doing my own thing. You know, he's in Chicago and you know, I'm in uh, LA right now. And she goes, oh, so you're doing your own thing. He's like, she's like, yeah, I'm doing my own thing right now. You know? So, but it was really weird. So the mom goes, to the hotel that they're in front of and starts looking for her daughter. She's like, I want to see my daughter. Like I'm too close now. We're, we're coming. Where's she at? Yeah. She was coming there for that, for filming this documentary. So she was already in the area. She finds her at the hotel across the street. She talks to manager cause it's mother's day. Like, Hey, I'm trying to surprise my daughter. Will you take me up to the room? Da da da. She goes up to the room, bro. This is all on film. And you could tell Dominique's like, oh, my God, my mom's here. And she starts crying. She's, like, looking around. That Jocelyn girl's in the room, so she couldn't really talk. She's like, she's like, you know, yeah, uh, you know, call me back later. So they leave. As she's walking out, the manager runs and catches her, says, your daughter just called on the phone, and she wants to talk to you. So she talks to her, and she's crying on the phone. She's like, she's like, baby, I know, I know. I'm going to get you out. She's like, come back at 6. Come back at 6. Comes back at 6. Dude, they called the fucking popo on her mom <laughs> saying that her mom wasn't her real mom, bro, and that she was fake. And so they called the police. The manager's like, we can't let you in. So here's this heartbreak. She hasn't seen her kid for years. She thinks she's going to get to see her daughter again. She's like, I, I, well, I'm so I'm so close. Yeah. So she leaves, and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to know what to do. She goes, in the, she, she goes out to the van. Her daughter calls her or something. I don't remember, but she go, ends up going back into the – sneaks back into the hotel, goes in the bathroom, gets a hold of her daughter, and her daughter sneaks out, and they sneak her out of this fucking hotel with just a backpack, and she's crying. I remember, yeah. Yeah, she gets out, right. and she's bawling now. She's like, I'm free, I'm free, and then three days later, she goes back, according to the, well, the documentary. But then not – but they claim that she's like back with her parents for good, but that just kind of shows you how much pull he must have on these girls, that she was so afraid to leave. Like she wanted to leave so bad. But but the manipulation, yeah, like manipulation. Yeah. like she was ready, and then someone must have talked to her. She calls the police on her dad. Then she gets ready again, and then she's like, ah, oh, and then she fucking leaves and sneaks out, and then is so scared that she even goes back. Like, let me ask you a question. Like, what do you think manipulation? Like, how do you, how do you get good at that? Not that I, you know, like, how does it happen? I don't, I've never. I think you just beat someone down so far to so where they feel destroy you their... destroy them. You break them down to nothing to where they almost feel like and then you, you build them back up to you to where you are the you are the God in a sense like you are the man. Yeah. Right. So like uh, I can make you feel like shit, but I can also make you feel good if you just follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can give you the food. I can build you up. If I build you up, I can take you down. Exactly. Build you up. I can break you down. That's, yep. But just to like, I don't know, man, like there's so much shit just in day to day life. And if you're that powerful, like, why would you waste your time? it's sickness it's, it's just gotta be sickness? a sickness you can't like is it just ego overboard like i really like to think about it like mentally like what, what's up with that it's gotta be something to do with because so now he claims that they were abused, abused as a child a right so it's back to that abusing thing like it must trigger you something and then you know kind of like how they're thinking about with porn people that watch too much porn yeah they say you kind of make you go a little dark and then you have trouble actually having like real sexual um, interactions with people where it doesn't do anything for you anymore. Right. So I think some of these sexual predators like these guys, they get like that little taste and that's what actually gets them off. And then you kind of kind of keep you got to keep feeding the feeding it and then going even further almost to keep getting that same excitement and arousal. Same thing with serial killers. You know, it's that it's that yeah. progression. With the Ted Bundy. Shit. Yeah. Like that's what he said, like one of his last interviews, because that's a big thing that's on uh, YouTube. We've talked about that. Or not YouTube, but uh, Netflix. Yeah. 
But he said the number one thing that made him the monster that he became was the pornography. Yeah, I believe it. He's like, I couldn't, you know, it's like you watch extreme shit and it doesn't do it for you anymore. So the next step is to like act out some of right. this violence. And it's scary. Pornography is a scary, scary thing. It is, and it's so readily available now. Yeah, now it's even yeah. It, it's, it was hard for us to find it as kids. Yeah, we used to yeah, you'd have to you'd have to find some VHS, yeah. man. Shit wasn't just on this thing nah. that's on you twenty four seven. You can go through like a hundred clips before you find a good one now, even. Like there's just so much free content out there. Yeah, Anything just, you want. Yeah. Like any genre you want, any kind of weird fetish you want, it's yeah. there. It's scary. Yeah, it is. It's really scary. Yep. But yeah, like like I said, breaking down the manipulation. Yeah. Like how does that where does that come from? How does it go? I just I think about that. But he definitely had a pull on him if she's coming back. Yep. And a lot of these girls probably have. Yeah. And so he's doing that. So he ha- he has a few girls apparently still in this little stable, but none of them are talking out. It's but, stable. Talking yeah. about human human beings in a stable. He's a monster. Yeah. And it's just so terrible yeah. that this was known and now it, it's been going on and so many more people have been affected. Yeah. And apparently he wasn't very um according to that same security guard who they're blocking out he's not very aware of the surroundings of like what people are actually saying about him because he did that one interview and he kind of got upset and walked away this is before the gale the gale interview mm-hmm. um this is when all the first allegations were kind of coming out that he was keeping these when these parents first started talking out and he's like what are you talking about people love me like they're showing this interview people love me i don't know what you're talking about like because he was asking like what, what do you what do you how do you feel about your fans you know and that's when they started the the mute r kelly thing hashtag mute r kelly when they're trying to get his shit pulled and the security guard goes, this is the first time that he wanted to actually know because he couldn't read comments of people talking about him online. So he never would look. So he goes, they, we would lie to him when he would ask about our, what are, are people saying? And he goes, he goes, this is the first time I remember him actually really wanting us to read and tell him what people were saying about him. So that almost kind of like almost like his people were keeping him in the shelled box too, where he, maybe he didn't realize how big this actually was. That's the deal. That's the deal. Like even going back to Jacko and with R. Kelly, whoever his team, like his squad and the people that are around them, they all knew it was going. Yeah. I don't give a shit what anybody yeah, and they, ever said. They all claim that they did. They all say they were helping. They were they're the ones finding the girls. They're the ones bringing the girls. Well, they're, they should go down just because, as hard as he did. Because he couldn't read or write. So he's bo- they were booking right. the hotels. They're booking the flights. They're booking the people. Like, he wasn't in charge of anything except for recording the music, writing the music, throwing his dick in girls. Okay. That was it, it seemed like to me. Yeah. And everyone Underage else was, women. Yeah, and then everyone else was just kind of ride, round for the ride, and we're going to do whatever he wanted because they wanted He ride. had the money. He had the money. Point blank. Dude can't read whatever. He likes young girls. He was sexually abused yeah. as a kid, and he's ruined a lot of lives. Yeah, it almost makes you think that they didn't want to tell him what people were saying because maybe he might change, and then maybe he might That's look at point. Then he might, maybe he'll look at us and be like, why didn't you help me? Yeah. See ya. Yeah. That's something, too, to be said. Like, in areas, I don't know who told this, like, who mentioned this to me, but it really it had an effect. If it's a lower-income, poorer area, like, mental health, you know, isn't really even discussed. It's not. And that sucks. Like yeah. that's with mental health. And if you have an issue, like you don't think about that. We take that for granted. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like if if you're middle class or upper, you know, upper middle class, whatever, like mental health is something that is discussed and you have the option yeah. to go get therapy and get help. Exactly. And I think it's easier to talk about even. Yeah. If you don't feel so ashamed. Ashamed. But if, if you come from a poor poor family and a poor background it seems like it's still taboo it's taboo like oh you're being weak right you're not being weak or it's just not available right 
How many shrinks are, you know, like really in low common areas? Not very like many. Like zero probably. probably. Yeah, because they don't make no money probably. Like you, we don't think about shit like that, right. but it's the truth. It is the truth. Mental health, I think, is the, one of the number one issues in America to this Absolutely. day, for sure. Um, mental health is right up there on the top of my list. And we need to figure out a way to do better on that. Yeah, especially Just, for those that don't have the options that we may have. Right. And and and, and by that, I don't, and I also don't mean um, we need to do better options. And that, and that doesn't mean giving kids fucking pills. Yeah. Like this this pill um feed everyone a prescription for everything is out of hand now it's crazy you know us in new zealand are the only i know this is way off topic now but us in new zealand we're the only two countries that allow pharmaceutical companies to advertise uh on tv and on um print like any kind of advertisement it's big money it's stupid think about how much money they spend think about how long those uh pharmaceutical um commercials are yeah. And they're telling you about it, like, hey, do you do you experience this? And what that happens, what happens there then is now if you have any of those symptoms, you're like, oh, I want, the, I must need this pill. You ain't a fucking doctor. What do you mean you need this pill? So what you start doing now is you start searching out any doctor that will give you that this shit, yeah. specific pill because you believe I need it because the TV told me so. Yeah, when you go into the doctor and tell them what kind of drug you need, that, you've that, already lost the battle. Problem. Yeah, you've already lost the battle. Yeah, that's a, a serious problem right. for sure. But yeah, that's something to think about. Like for everybody listening, like in, in the lower income areas, like mental health or, you know, and any, edu- any, any, uh, mental health and education, education. But I, I just, it started to come to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. No question about it. But yeah. R. Kells. Yeah. So then they did the, like I said, the hashtag, uh, this is what we're going to end on the hashtag mute, uh, mute R. Kelly, which really kicked it off the whole getting him off of radios. So they started getting him off the radio, off of streaming services, Spotify premium, dropped him off of playlists. Um, basically balked from life. Well, here's the here's the thing, you know, if he's accused, and it if he's accused, you know, if he's found guilty, it's your business, it's your podcast, it's your bar, whatever it is, you own it. You don't want to play it, that's on you. I agree 100. percent All right, but he hasn't. Nothing happened. No, I mean, I think that he, he did it. Yeah, he's out on bond right now. So, but I know I know it's for like child support. And I'm not sure what else he's actually being charged with. And I know some anonymous person posted like three quarters of a million dollars worth of bail for him or some crazy number like that. So that's a little weird. Um, and now we take, I haven't listened to the song myself, but I know he just dropped that 19 minute. I admit song. What? So yeah. Did he really? Yeah. So anyone listening, go back and listen to it. I'm gonna go back and listen to it at some point. Um, they played like a small clip of it in the documentary. It didn't sound that good, but it was really weird. <laughs> I admit in 19 minutes long song. Man, is it going to be like the closet song? It's got to be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah oh, he did a whole, yeah, he did a whole, like he did a whole, it was a whole like set of them. Yeah. Remember in, in the South closet. Park made fun of that too. Yeah. In the closet or something like that. Yeah. It was like seven bits of it or something crazy like yeah, that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was like him cheating on his girlfriend. And he was hiding in the closet. Yep. Yeah, dude. R. And, Kelly. Do you think he did it? Uh, R. Kelly, I think for sure. I think he, um, whether he did anything, he had to have. First of all, that video, it's proof right there. He pissed yeah. on a little girl, yeah. right? So we know he pissed on a little girl. What he's doing nowadays, uh, probably. I don't know for sure, though, because these girls aren't speaking out. So it's really hard to believe someone who's not there, but they claim that it happened to them. I want to believe them. They seem pretty. You think he's going to get off? I think nothing's going to happen to him. I think so, too. I hope we're wrong. If they get them, they're going to get them for something stupid like child support, which is one of the things he's being charged with. But I doubt they get them on anything sexually related. If and they didn't get them the first time, it's hard to get them the second yeah, time. Cause I mean, it's, look at Jacko. Yeah, plus these are harder allegations to prove. They would have to get them on some kind of like domestic, domestic uh, abuse, like a, like a battery 
type charge, I think, because these girls aren't underage. So there's no more of that child rape dynamic in these cases. Oh, no? Yeah, so that's that's where I'm saying that's where he advanced his predatorial game. He stopped fucking with the 14, 15-year-old girls, only went to the 17-year-old girls, and as soon as they would like leave school, like graduate high school, he would take them on tour and have them stop communicating with their parents and then put them in the studios or these right. random houses in Atlanta. See, but here's where it's falling apart on me. So he got two of those... Two of those homes in Atlanta that he was keeping these girls in got foreclosed on. So that's what's telling me he's losing his money. So that's why these girls are coming out now because you know, I don't think he has the money now to keep them quiet. Yeah, he's running out. He's right. running out of the cash flow. Run I mean, he, he has he lost two houses. You're broke in my mind, probably. Yeah. Those hits aren't coming in anymore. They're not coming in, and no one's working with you. You got John Legend now talking shit in this documentary. Yeah, and he was. That's one of those things. Like I said, didn't he put out a track with John Legend? Yeah, and he claims he shouldn't have now, and so did um. Someone else was on there. Uh, uh, Chance the Rapper. He came out and said, he, in hindsight, he shouldn't have done his song with R. Kelly in like 014 or whatever it was. Well, Chance, you know, like I'm sure. I'm sure those stories were there. You knew about it. Come yeah, on, it was a joke. Know, yeah, uh, Dave, Dave Chappelle was peeing on him, peeing on yeah. people in videos way Remember back R. then. R. Kelly got pissed off about yeah, that, too. They said. <laughs> <laughs> but the interview with Gail, I think everything about that, uh, it, he gave himself away that he was guilty. He, he yeah. had a lot of saying yes with. Yes, was shaking no with his head, like yep. his body language. Going back to that again, there's yep. something on YouTube I watched. This lady breaks down body language, and she was pointing out all the, the parts yeah. where he was just screwing up. But he was doing a lot of that, like leaning in and saying yes, but you know, like yeah. did you do it? Like no, but you and, know, like that kind yeah. of shit. And then when it not going his way, standing up and uh, almost showing your male dominance, yeah, he wouldn't have done that. that. He wouldn't have done that if that was a man. He no. didn't do it in none of those other male. Uh, no. All those other interviews that they were showing were men, and they were asking pretty hard questions, and he never got like that but when it was a woman he felt he could get loud and maybe intimidating so that mm-hmm. kind of like you said that kind of showed your hand a little yeah, bit how you might act himself. if you're willing to do that on camera could you imagine how you're acting in private yeah he he, he lost that interview yeah. she held her ground though so yeah. shout out to gail i like her yeah so we'll end on that note but we'll also end on uh i still love michael's music okay. and r kelly's music <laughs> still love both of them yeah so um i actually talked about this with a guy i work with um i would so Michael's in a totally different category because he obviously can't make no more music. He's dead. I would still, I still go back and listen to Michael. I listen to Michael probably every day. Damn. Yeah. I, on my on my Pandora, he's always he's always. You're pop. a fan like that. Oh yeah. And I didn't uh, know we were. I didn't know you were such a fanboy. Oh yeah, I, I like Michael's music. Okay. Um, and R. Kelly, I don't go back and listen to it like that, but I still like his music and I like a lot of his collaborations he did. Um, I probably would never buy anything new from R. Kelly. Right, yeah. I would still go. I'll still go back and listen. If the song comes out, I'm not gonna change it. Like, oh, that guy's a, you know, that guy's an a- animal. Like, I, it's like we talked about before. I still respect the actual musical talent and the actual songs that were produced. Okay, yeah, because uh, they were good. The way I look at it is, uh, it, it's hard. I think that they both did it. I think they're both pieces of shit. Um, I like. I would say Michael Jackson's music more than R. Kelly, but I think they're both good artists musically speaking but i never really um jammed them or you know like just looked for their shit to play like right. i just i wouldn't it would be on in the background like maybe michael jackson when i was younger but they were never it was never like i never owned a michael jackson cd or an, Ke- or an r kelly yeah you know so for me to just totally like cut them out of my life it would be a lot easier but yeah. i know what you're saying like i I would like to just keep the art as the art form that it is instead of like all the all the negative shit right. with it. But child molestation is like that one thing 
it's real hard to look over. It's like it's almost, easier to it's look over for uh, R. Kelly because his situation was a little different because these were older kids, you know. Right. Like we talked about before, and Michael Jackson's situation, these are like toddlers. These are like kindergarten, first, second it's graders. It's bad. You know? This is some stuff or some tough subject yeah. matter, but here we but, are. But I do like Michael. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I go into work almost on a daily. I'll throw that fucking Pandora on, and I'll throw on a Michael Jackson song. It gets There's me, nothing wrong with it. It gets me dancing. It gets me, not, it gets me moving. It kind of it gets me in that, that little groove I need to get in for work. There's something about Michael. It's like, I don't want to believe it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's probably just because I've liked him yeah. since I was a kid. Like I said, I don't jam him ever on my own time but there's just something about michael like no but with r kelly like remembering what happened back in the day right like i just think he's guilty right. as Plus shit. His, and his music was a lot when you when you look at r kelly's catalog now in retrospect you see all the sexual innuendos that mm-hmm. kind of relate the to stuff too is real yeah creepy. right so I, I if i had to get rid of one of their musics it's gonna be r kelly's yeah. like see you guy later you know and like i said i would never buy anything new from him like if you ever released a new album i wouldn't listen to it i probably wouldn't like i said i didn't even listen to that 19 minute song because i don't really give a fuck that much you said i admit i mean <laughs> you kind of were admitting it guy you know <laughs> all right man so all right we'll, we'll end there so i appreciate uh just real quick you want to plug your uh yeah check out real quick yeah check out musically meditated podcast it's on all podcast listening platforms uh please subscribe share it that's all I got to say. But cool. Corey, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. I appreciate you being on this again. Was, this was a great episode. Yeah, it was a little long, but uh, it is cool. long. Maybe you could cut it. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Know, we'll see. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right, dude. Thanks, right. man. You have just witnessed the lyrical stylistics of chromatic distortion.
All right. 